Tonight's episode of the Tuesday Night Cigar Club is brought to you by Drew Estate. Come experience the rebirth of cigars at www.drewestate.com and download the free Drew Diplomat smartphone app today to discover nearby retailers, RSVP to special events, redeem points to win exclusive Drew Estate merchandise, and much, much more. Brothers and sisters of the leaf, coming to you live once again from the corner of No Hope, it's the Tuesday Night Cigar Club Podcast. Tonight the boys talk their way through the 1985 criminally unseen thriller that is The New Kids. Crazy Cajun speaking James Spader, Killer Pitbulls, Tom Atkins mustache, and a pre-Full House Aunt Becky shower scene. Holy shit, you're in for a treat tonight, folks. And, while the guys smoke the milk and cookie cigar from Ezra's Ion, they're going to be drinking pint after delicious pint of left-hand milk stout. Oh, hell yeah. So sit back, light them up, and enjoy the show. Oh, man. I almost spit out my, spit out my beer there, Doctor. Oh. Well, Cade, if I can cause one regurgitation a day, I'm a happy man. <laughs> oh... So my little one just had her birthday recently. And, oh, that's nice. Uh, it was nice, Tut. Uh, birthdays are always fun. Uh, well, when you're that age. When you're that age. <laughs> you know, curse God and go out in the middle of a field and just scream and cry when you're like when you're our age. Do y'all do that too? Does it everybody? That's not just a birthday, my friend. <laughs> okay. Or you know, uh, well, it's too early for that, man. Anyway, she had her birthday. We got her some silly putty. Yeah, we silly putty. We were a kid. Yeah, she had been gifted some from one of her grandparents' for and really liked it, and we lost it. The dog ate it, maybe. Uh, so as I'm laying out comics from the Sunday newspaper, that's what you do with silly putty. You press it down on the comic yeah. strip, peel it up. Remember that? Oh man, I haven't done that in ages. I start actually reading these comic strips in the Sunday funnies, and it's almost all total horseshit, lazy, unfunny nonsense, a real shit fest. Uh, and people were getting paid, I imagine, pretty decent money for this crap. Sure. Uh, there was not one chuckle to be had in the Kate house that morning. Here's a couple. It was so like unfunny, I wanted to bring you guys some examples. Get ready to listen to some unfunny stuff. Oh, that sounds great. Here's a couple, uh, just to give you boys an idea of what goes for hilarious cartoons these days. Remember old Hagar the Horrible? Hagar the Horrible. Hagar. Hagar the Horrible. Hagar? I've heard it both Hagar the Horrible. I've heard it both ways. 
He's I, been hilarious. I've never heard it any other way. Did you read angle. the funny papers, Nancy? Uh, I have not for some time. Okay. I remembered him from when we were a kid. He's been. I yeah. stopped when Since, we took uh, Calvin, Calvin and Hobbs. Andy Cap, and he's this guy's been around forever. Um, he's been hilariously raping and pillaging the the Sunday funnies since we were wee lads. Well, check this splash of comedic brilliance out. Hagar, the Viking, is talking to his daughter about her upcoming wedding. Hagar says, Are you sure you want to marry Lute? He's just a musician. To which his daughter says, But I love him. Besides, after we wed, he can get famous. To which Hagar replies, Ha ha ha! He'll be famous for being Hagar the horrible son-in-law. He thought that shit was funny. Did you? Was that the, was that the end of the comic? Yeah, that was it. That was literally the end of the comic strip. A guy wrote that and sent it off, and they put it in a newspaper. All right, here it gets better. Remember Family Circus? Yes. Little circle. The little circle one, yeah. The little circle out. one with yeah. the kids, and you know. All right, we all know that one. Well, this single frame cartoon features the one I saw: a tired mother cooking dinner. When one of her blockhead kids sticks his giant melon in the kitchen door and says, I'm not very hungry, Mommy. How about I skip dinner and just watch a little TV? That's fucking it. That was the cartoon. That's the entire cartoon. There was nothing else in it like mayhem going on A circle? Behind. Her with this tired look on her face. And this kid sticking his head in saying, can I watch TV instead of eating? Oh, they were making a commentary that the mom was putting in all that work. And, yeah. <sighs> Another family circus, last one, shows two of those blockhead kids walking down the sidewalk after school with one saying, I'm going to try to stay up till midnight tomorrow, but I don't really know why, as the other kid pats him on the back. That's the fucking joke. That's it. And the dude wrote that, and Drew was like, send it. Are you mad because he makes more money than us? Why aren't you guys laughing? That's the joke. The guy got paid, and he wrote that joke. Why aren't you laughing, doctor? Exactly. Are you mad because they make more money than us? This bullshit gets printed every day in every newspaper. He's mad. In the funny pages. It's supposed to be funny. I took a stab at it. I was told that my material was too blue. I don't know, Doctor. Hardy fucking har har. And Bill and Jeff Keen. No, that was the name of my comic strip. Hardy fucking har har. Uh, yeah. Well, Bill and Jeff Keen, the people who write this stuff, are laughing their jolly blockheads all the way to the bank. So, anywho, much like the Doctor, I decided to write my own little cartoon. Oh, shit. Figuring if these duds are selling newspapers, maybe I can get in and get a little extra spending money, right? You ready for this? Yes. Forget Family Circus. I call mine. Family full of squares. You like it? Does it start there? Something. It's also a single frame comic like Famous Circus. In the debut comic strip, we see a mother. This is one I made. Get ready to laugh. We see a mother crying in the kitchen. She's sitting there with her head in her hands. When one of her kids sticks his head in the door, he says, What's for dinner, Mommy? She says, Your father gave me herpes. Herpes? Is that some kind of breakfast cereal? The kids. <laughs> I can't I get through without laughing. Shit's fucking fire, right? Yeah. The kid doesn't know what herpes is. He thinks it's a breakfast cereal. <laughs> All right, I got one more. This this will be in the set. The next Sunday's uh, funny papers. Sneak peek for you. 
Family full of squares. You ready? Family full of squares. A young boy and his sister are doing homework in the living room. The boy looks up and exclaims to his father, Daddy, I'm going to be a doctor when I grow up. To which his sister says, Really? Even after all the doctors thought you were a girl when you were born with your inverted micropenis? Can you imagine? Yes, I can. I can't imagine. And the dad's just sitting there smoking his pipe. He doesn't know what's going on. (laughs) Fuck you, funky winker bean. Eat shit, Beetle Bailey. This is the new face of the Sunday comics. It's a new kid in town. Dude, when this starts going downhill, it's like a freight train. Sorry, I, I've developed this ability over the years to check out, like still be there in like corporeal form, but to check out. Okay. You were, you were saying something about a freight on train? Yes. yes. Yeah. I'm getting the sense you guys aren't on my side on this one. I, I, I could be on your side. Welcome everybody to the Tuesday Night Scar Club, episode 95, our very special kids episode. Or did I just blow that by telling Beetle Bailey to blow me? No, I don't need shit. Yeah, yeah. I told you shit. I don't think it's good either way. (laughs) All right, well, I'll stop talking about... Episode 95. Yeah. How about that, huh? Getting close to the old... Getting close to the uh, centennial. Yeah. I was going to say centurion, and I don't think that's right. I think the doctor's correct, centennial. Uh, I'm very excited, very aroused for episode 100. Who knows what we'll do for that one? I know. Can you be aroused on a kid's show? No. No. Well, unless you're Tank McNamara. <laughs> right? That was another... Interestingly th- enough, I actually wrote a song characters. called I Told Beetle Bailey <laughs> to Blow Me. <laughs> I guess if I talk about Calvin and Hobbes, you guys will be all about it. Don't you dare. Everybody loves Don't Calvin and Hobbes. Don't you dare. Everybody does love Calvin and Hobbes. jeez. Oh, but he misses Calvin and Hobbes. Yes. Where'd they go? He won't make them anymore. He Why not? He retired. Maybe he could hand the reins well, over to me. I've shown I've got some talent. i got the chops. I can do it. No. Put me in, coach. No. You, you cannot do Calvin and Hobbes. Bill Watterson is a saint. As Calvin showers, Hobbs' hand reaches into the shower with a tap. I will follow, oh, you. I will follow you down a dark alley, and I will beat the piss from you. Uh, hey, he, he walks the walk, he talks the talk. Okay, uh, it is our kids' episode, sort of, teenagers. Actually, I'll just kind of follow, like, 15 behind. <laughs> um, what kind of teenagers are we talking about All right, it's, it's the closest thing we're ever going to have to a kids' show, so just, just sit back and enjoy the show, yak boy. Uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us. I don't think anything about this is a kid's show. Yes. Nothing about this. Uh, let me tell you what about this beer, cigar, and R-rated movie is about kids. Uh, no, here's what we're doing. We're going to do a cigar called the Milk and Cookies. Yes. Ooh. We're going to pair okay. it with a milk stout. Okay. What else would you pair a milk and cookie cigar with, obviously? And we're going to do a movie called The New Kids. The so, New Kid. The New Kids. Oh, is this? The yes. New Kids. Plural. Okay. Yes. But not on the block. There's, not on the block. There's two of them. Or did you watch this movie with one eye shut? <laughs> I just saw a brother. I was wondering why he was talking about his sister. Oh, if I open both eyes. <laughs> you should have shut that it was eye. Kind of open, scary. Shut that eye and open the other one. Just saw her. No. 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 Oh, God. I can't even do that. No. I swear to God, if you go off and don't like Lori Laughlin, then we're going to have a big problem tonight. Is that who that was? I thought it was like Sidney Prescott or Preston Presby. Sidney Prescott was the main character of Scream, played by Nev Campbell. Right. Yeah, Nev. 
which was 15 years later. Okay. Uh, anywho. I knew it was Lori Laughlin. As always, folks, we do pair a cigar. That's Aunt Becky, right? Yes. yes, Aunt Becky from I, Full House. Wow, I, I one of her first right. one of her first roles in this time. Okay. Uh, as always, we do pair a premium cigar with a beer and a movie. Uh, we're trying to make that work. We're going to try a little new something tonight. Uh, debate whether you mentioned, but I'm going to try it. Uh, we're yeah, going to try to keep to, keep you in the movie yeah. a little bit more. No, just keep um, going. Just go with it. Go we're with just, it. What's too late? I'm already talking about it. Kate, abort, abort. No. Um, so we're actually going to sum up the cigar at the end, only briefly touch on a little bit during the movie, because it's a thriller tonight. We're doing a thriller. I want to keep you in. I'm so thrilled. In it. So thrilled. Only you would have a problem with this movie. Literally only you. I didn't say I had a problem with you this problem movie. Did you have a problem with this movie? I had a couple problems, but they were more from like... Did you have a problem with this movie? I'm not sure I understand the question. I, I, I have some problems with it. I, I've, He's I, been grumbling about this movie ever since he walked in here tonight. Who? You. Yeah. Why? I don't understand why I had a problem with this movie to begin with. Welcome, everybody, to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club, episode 95. Oh, 95. Rocking it. Let's do it. Uh, tonight's cigar. Your voice? Are you ready for this, baby? Look at that little cute little ribbon on it. Look at that cute little ribbon It on is a there. cute little ribbon. I'm not sure I like really want to touch it. It feels like an arts and crafts project. <laughs> it is the milk, <laughs> milk and Cookies cigar from Ezra Zion. Ezra Zion. Our first Ezra Zion I was about to say, yeah, I don't think we've done them before. Yet. Texas Company. Yeah. They are from Texas. Where in Texas? Uh, Swinoches. Yeah. Uh, it is a 6x52 yeah. Toro. You digging that aroma coming off the Dr. Cigar? Wrapper, mm-hmm. not available. Binder, not available. Filler, not available. I don't know anything about what's in this thing. It's not made for milk and cookies? That's not true. I have what they tell us, but they tell us. Here's Ezra Zion's MO. They sent out these emails telling you they are releasing a cigar called Milk and Cookies. Or Ninja Bread Man. Or Army Soldier. Or Nunchucks. They They're all very catchy names. Do they really have one called Ninja Bread Man? And they give you about three paragraphs of <laughs> description on the cigar. Yeah. And they're like, buy them now. They're going to sell out quick. Of and course. then about an hour later, you get another email saying they're sold out. And that's it. That's how it works. Uh, they have some core lines that you'll so see. So it's like always. This one, for instance, there's only 555 cigars available. Hmm. Uh, they do have core lines. You can go into a brick and mortar and buy and as Zion. Yeah, I'm saying, they yeah, have I've core seen lines. Their core but these lines. these little, um, I believe some of them are like a lost and found type deal where they 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 buy they acquire a pallet of cigars that someone hadn't released and they put them out there. Other ones they just acquire a certain tiny bit of tobacco and are able to just make 555 cigars and that's that. Uh, yeah, it does smell really nice, doctor. It nice. does. It actually has nice a nice light, aroma going light, off. Of light. Uh, Light sweetness there, uh, which is not unpleasant. At I all. actually uh, got sw- uh, really sugary sweetness on the cold draw before I lit it up. Um, I just I'm having 
the the whole limited feel of it, purposefully limited hey, we, feel, we, is just kind of make it's ruining my vibe. Okay, well we bought so much tobacco and this is all we can make, or we found these cigars in a warehouse and we bought these and this is all we have. That's. But hey, if it's milk and cookies, gotta have some sugary sweetness. Are you guys ready to hear the description that led me to get these cigars? Because oh. I get these emails all the time. I'm like, we're gonna have to get these on the show because. The, yeah. <laughs> Dude, you gotta hear this description. They, well, my right, question is: Is do they put bows on all their cigars? No, no, no. no. Oh, like no. the army men actually have a little green army man Kevlar vest. Uh, the hat. They have like a, the sawed off. It's like that little picture from Full Metal Jacket with a little <laughs> army helmet on it. They have like a, the sawed off, which Four is like a little lose. sawed off shotgun, a little plastic sawed off shotgun glued to the band. Like they're they're big on I feel like the guys like in one of those like gift shops. What am I gonna do for my cigars? <laughs> What's this plastic bag of toys? It's perfect. I'll take them all. Uh, these guys also are the guys that bought Nomad Cigars, Fred Ruiz Company. Oh, okay. They handle all... Yeah. They're doing all his stuff now. Okay. Um, okay, here... All right, let's hear this description. Okay, because you, you guys need to hear this so you can see if it gels with your experience this evening. Oh, it's going to gel. Everyone has memories of mom or grandma making them some milk and cookies. If you stop and think about it, it's probably the best thing you ever taste in your life. Not just for the flavor, but for the love that was in it. Call us nostalgic, but we want to do the same. Something tasty and something special made with a little bit of love. Milk and Cookies is a full-bodied, medium-strength, 6x52 classic Toro. Tobaccos used are from the 2010 to 2012 vintages, making them between 6 to 8 years old. Tobacco origins are Nicaragua, Peru... Ecuador and Indonesia. First light, big creamy flavors wash over the palate. Leather, brown sugar, and butter follow with a blast of cedar wood. Finish is long and clean, adding vanilla bean. Retro hail is warming with a woody cinnamon burn. Vanilla bean, definitely. I, I Did you get some vanilla? Yeah. Okay. As it progresses, dark chocolate and walnut emerge. The blend gets creamier and rounder with hints of clove and licorice being added to the mix. Halfway there, caramel, cocoa, and white pepper develop. Slight hints of hazelnut are tasted on the finish. A maple sweetness lingers long on the finish. Oh, so delicious. Well, that's interesting. They certainly promised a lot of interesting transitions. Oh, no, yeah, that, no crap. That's, we're only two-thirds through. <laughs> Last third, the chocolate notes become more dominant. Big waves of sweet buttercream, bourbon, vanilla, and coffee. Construction and burn are perfect all the way. The nub, milk and cookies is a freaking masterpiece. It's going to have peppermint. Who made the cigar, Willy Wonka? (laughs) Oh, full dinner, it's in there. Like I said, this is their M.I.O. M.I.O. M.O. Limited run cigars. An email giving you this insane rainbow of very specific flavors, and a few hours they're gone. I was about to say, that's very, very specific. Hey, Tut, you're a marketing guy. You know, you don't sell the steak, you sell the sizzle. And this thing is sizzling out the ass. So much so, I finally had to pick up five of them for the show. We'll see what's going on. My grandmother about. made excellent cookies. Did she? She made. Uh, Grandma Keener? Or? Yes. She yeah. made. Uh, oh, hell of a woman. She would bring two tins of them every Christmas. There was. Uh, Thanks for sharing. Some uh, old-fashioned, just plain chocolate chip, but they were delicious. And then she would make uh, Christmas cookies, both in the shape of wreaths or trees, huh. with like a green icing on them. They were absolutely delicious. Uh, I remember yeah. spending a lot of time over your house around Christmas. Never got any of those. Yeah, my Ooh. sister and I both go to those cookies. 
<laughs> old fashioned moist and chewy. Mm. Mr. Burns, old fashioned Grandma Keener, old fashioned moist and chewy. Uh, well, we're going to see if these the we're going to see if these stogies come anywhere close to these <laughs> flavors. Make cookies here. Uh, I'll say the aroma off that was really really nice. We are cigar scientists after all. Uh, research is our life. Well, part of our life. A very, very small part, but it's, it is part of our lives. It's there. So now the fun begins. Um, I, I did get uh, a very sweet on the cold draw, but I, I'm going to have to light up and, and, and see. Uh, and uh, like I said, feel free at any point, if you're getting something great out of Cigar, to bring it up. I'm just not. I'm going to try to not go to it quite so much to try to keep everybody in the, in the, in the film uh, just as a, as a little test. Uh, Cody. What are we drinking? Beer. And tonight's film, uh, the n- no, no, what, what no. beer are we drinking, you silly we, goose? We are drinking milk stout to go with the milk and cookies cigar. That makes sense. Perfectly. Uh, this is from Left Hand Brewing out of uh, Longmont, Colorado. They started uh, brewing in '93. Um, oh, early. Yes, one of the one of the. Original Colorado. One second here. Uh, uh, founded by a uh, uh, Dick Door and Eric Wallace. Dick Door. Dick Door. D o o r. D o o r e. Oh, Dick Dore. Is it Dore? Or is it I door? like Dick Door. Dick Door. Dick Door. We'll go Dick Door. I'm just saying. I mean, it could be anything. It's Dick Door. It's Dick. Door. <laughs> Um, My name's Richard Doré. Ah, forget it, pal. <laughs> You're Dick, Dick Dore. <laughs> but uh, um, the milk stout. I'm sorry. Where'd you say they were out of? Uh, Longmont, Colorado. Okay. Okay. So uh, the this uh, the milk stout is very good. Uh, had it many times at the pub. Yes. I mean, it's probably one of the better milk stouts. If you ever come across it, I highly recommend it. So you guys have both had this just in the nitro form, yeah? On tap, I've only had the nitro form, right? So I was, you know, I'm a little leery about it because I've never actually had this, you know, out of the bottle or or the can in this instance. So, but I mean, you know, if you get it on draft, I've I've never had a bad one. So I quite like it, and it approves. I'm not a stout guy. No, you're not. I quite like it because am I wrong in that it's a little creamier? Oh yeah. Is that due to the milk? Well, the in this instance, they're not. I mean, it's not like they're putting milk into. They're putting milk sugars into the into the brew. So it, I mean, that imparts it. I mean, you get that where it does give it a little bit of uh, that creaminess, with, but it does give it also the the sweetness that you're getting initially. Okay. ABV. It's a six percent, so no, I mean it's, not bad. it's right in the middle, and it's twenty five IBUs. I mean, there's there's no bitterness in this whatsoever. I think it has more bitterness still than that American Pale Ale from Clown Shoes we did last time. Yeah, it's posers. Um, anything else? <coughs> I first had uh, I first had a left hand milk stout at an airport. Uh, no, a uh, a uh, big hotel in Nashville. Uh, what's the big... They've got a big hotel in Dallas. Uh, the Omni. No. Anatole? No. The Hilton? No. America's Best Value Inn? No. 
Bring Dallas. It's a huge city. There's hotels everywhere. Keep naming them. I'm literally going to shut this podcast down until you. So there's the Sheraton Grand. Is it the Renaissance? No. I can't Radisson. You were at a hotel. Yes. And it was like Red Roof Inn. And it's one of those like uh, all-encompassing hotels to where you never really have to leave because they've got all the huge restaurants and they had these waterfalls in there. And it was a beautiful, beautiful hotel. And like this little place in there, and they were like, uh, I was like, what's that stout? And they're like, left-hand milk stout. And I'm like, let me give it some of that. It was really, really good. You may have given the hint waterfalls inside, Uh like a water park. Maybe. Great Wolf Lodge. No, it wasn't the Great Wolf Lodge. I'd like to try that. That would have sounded nice if it was. Great, great work. Um, and you enjoyed it? I really did. That was the okay. whole point of that entire thing. Boy, it's easy It's easy drinking. A um, little bit of chocolate. Like I said, it's just creamy. It's, it's yeah. very creamy, a lot of chocolate. Uh, you guys get any coffee out of it? I can't say that I am. A W Hotel? Not really. Uh, no. I will look it up and see because... Apparently, I I don't know this from personal experience, but the W Hotel is where uh, Lamar Odom lived when he briefly played for the Mavericks and was married to one of the Kardashian sisters. Hmm. Imagine it's a pretty nice place. Could be. Um, Anything else? I think we're good. Been around for a long time. Average ABV, very low IBUs for a course of stout. Uh, We're all getting some chocolate. Creaminess. You like it, Doctor? The the, the cigar? Or, I'm sorry, the beer? Yes, it, it actually seems to be pairing nicely with the stogie. Uh, initially, it was a, a bit sharp, but uh, I, I, actually I seem the, to have gotten used to it. I actually had the same thoughts on the um, initial light-up, um, but there was kind of a gentle spice, but nice spice on the nose, nothing crazy. Yeah. Um, but then I got a really harsh taste flavor just for, like, 20 seconds lighten up um, and then that kind of dissipated and now it's kind of like a, a, a kind of a real nice leather I thought you meant on the beer the beer I thought was sharp when I first started it now that, I, now that I've lit the stogie it's, it's really working together the cigar uh, as you can see I didn't light it very well it looks like an exploding cigar but it's it's burning actually no once you ask they'll be fine um, and uh, I, I'm very much enjoying this I'm, I'm interested to see if it makes any of those transitions but a very nice uh Feel the wrapper between your fingers. It's a subtle, real silky wrapper. I think a wrapper. subtle sweetness. Like it's not an overbearing, a real subtle vanilla yeah. sugary kind of sweetness. And a, a really an excellent aroma. This is this is this is the aroma that kind of made me fall in love with cigars a long time ago. That very light, it's medium an body. Excellent aroma. Uh, I couldn't agree more. My, my construction's actually burning really straight. Uh, boy, the the wrapper is just super fucking silky between your fingers. It's got a really nice texture. It's a just, it really does now. It's just it. a golden... Uh, well, I don't know what the hell the wrapper is. They won't tell us. I don't know if it's Peruvian or Indonesian or, or what, but uh, it's it's a really pretty cigar. Um, but yeah, right now I'm just getting a little bit of gentle spice on the nose with some leather and just kind of a, like the doctor said, a very kind of uh, mild sweetness with, on the on the draw. Gaylord. The Gaylord. Okay. That's in, yeah, in Grapevine. That just... I got blasted with a cedar on the light up. I had a little cedar early. Yeah, I it, mean, it, it went, just, went away. Mine was like a baseball bat made of cedar, just smacked me in the face right at the light. Okay. Um, well, guys. But I am also getting the uh, uh, 
uh, spice on the nose. Yeah, a little bit of gentle uh, spice on the nose. There's also a sweetness that I haven't quite identified. To me, it's a gritty. It's like a sugary sweetness. I mean, to, uh, I know we're doing the milk and cookie. It's like a it's like cookie batter. No, I'm just it, it is a it is a, a sugary sweetness. It's kind of indefinable though. It's chunks a, of cookie. In <laughs> yeah, and, and I re- I really have to appreciate it because when I saw the color of the wrapper, I was like, yeah. Here we go again. It's going to be full-bodied, but it'll be medium at a best. Uh, it's a nice full flavor. Uh, I'm they, really they liking it. They did say... I'm sorry. Let me go back real quick. They did say medium strength, full-bodied. That's how they described it. So we'll we'll see. I actually don't know where my ash went. Lost it. Mm. Oh, well. Oh, God, my penis. Uh, no, no, I'm fine. Um, this okay. isn't buttery. This isn't buttery at all. Buttercream, my balls. Ooh, I'm going to work that into one of my family full of squares cartoons. Oh, God. <laughs> Did you get it? Because it's a family full of squares, like they'd be nerds and squares, but they actually Stop say it. a lot of controversial things. It's irony. Stop it. It's They're not a family full of squares at all. Stop. The dad's giving them Stop. all herpes. Okay. I don't think you understand the purpose of... Newspaper humor. You read Rex Morgan, don't you? He's your dog. He's your favorite doctor. This is my favorite doctor. Screw you, Rex Morgan. Would you tell him to stop, please? I don't know. He just kind of won a few points there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we'll come back to the cigar here in a minute. Um, The film tonight is The New Kids. On the block? No, just the new kids. Or as Tuttle calls it, the new kid. The new kid. (laughs) Apparently he ignored the other one. (laughs) He just ignored all the other ones. 1985. 1985. A banner year. Yeah, really is. Co-written by Stephen Gyllenhaal, best known as the planter of seeds that sprouted both Jake, ugh, and Maggie, a little less, ugh, Gyllenhaal, their dad. (laughs) Okay. He wrote it. Apparently he does movie stuff, too. And Brian Taggart. Well, that would explain some careers. Now it? I'm yeah. imagining those as the characters in this film, and it's not working I'm out. I'm sorry. Ever since Donnie Darko, I am not a Jake Gyllenhaal fan. I thought he ruined that movie. Like, he was so annoying in that movie. And everything I've seen him in since, he's been annoying. Oh, she she has fine. some. She, she she does okay in some. She, she does all right sometimes. He's fine. I like her. Yeah. She's got one of those voices that I would think would be annoying, but I actually kind of like it. Kind of wispy, kind of high-pitched voice. Uh, I do like Maggie Gyllenhaal in some things, but I've yet to see Jake Gyllenhaal. He's in the, he's the bat, he's Mysterio in the new Spider-Man yes, he movie. Is. So we'll see. Maybe that'll change my mind. I'm leery about it. Does he wear the big fishbowl on his head? I think, but no, he doesn't keep it on, obviously. Well, yeah, you're not going to pay Jake Gyllenhaal to keep a fishbowl on his head the whole movie. Why not? Well, they could have paid me to do that. He had the doctor to do that. <laughs> I'd gladly wear that fishbowl. Um, and his co-writer, Brian Taggart. Now, this guy has a much more impressive resume as a screenwriter. He penned 1982's Visiting Hours with Michael Ironside. Nice. A very underrated thriller. He also wrote uh, a ton of the original groundbreaking breaking V series. Ooh. Which is a personal favorite now of mine. Got yeah. a bunch on the shelf over there in the corner. No. And he Dude, wrote, that was the first time I got grounded was because I stayed up past my my bedtime to watch V. I was addicted to V as a kid. Who also starring Michael Ironside as yes. Dan Taylor. Uh, and he also wrote, among other things, the guy has a very vast uh, filmography, the Rutger Hauer bounty hunter classic, Wanted Dead or Alive. Oh. Yeah. 
which I always thought we would do on the show by now. Like that's a really fun movie, um, and much much more. So you got those two guys writing it, and you pair those two writers with director Sean S. Cunningham five years after his debut horror film, the original Friday the Thirteenth. Oh, drove wow. audiences absolutely crazy. By the way, I heard on the radio today is the 39th birthday of Friday the 13th. It was released on this date in 1980. How fortuitous. Yeah, the guy who directed this fucking created Jason Voorhees. So that's pretty good on your resume. Yeah. Camp Crystal Lake. And in between Friday the 13th uh, and this, in 1983, he directed one of our favorite TNA flicks, Spring Break. Which is actually my favorite film of his as a director. I wasn't that big of a Friday Thirteenth one and two fan. Uh, I thought once Jason was established in part three with the hockey mask, that's when it really got my attention. Um, I love Spring Break though. I recently watched two again because I've always been with you. You on that, told me and to, that, and I did as well. And it, it did it he was, direct that though? No, that was I think Steve Miner. No, did Steve two. Miner started with three. Okay, then I don't know who did two. I don't know who did two either, but. It was. It was it, better than I thought it was. It was much be. better than I remember it being, but yeah, uh, the guy has directed some really seminal movies. Well, Friday Thirteenth and for us, Spring Break. Um, so we might just have a little something on our hands here, boys. A little diamond in the rough. You had actually heard of this flick, Doc, when I brought it up, but you. Uh, I, I had uh, heard of it. I had never heard of this. Movie. I had, but from like a long time ago, I had never seen it. I thought. Your reference was the reason why we were doing this, because I had never heard of this movie. I came across it. It it just got added to Amazon Prime a while back. I actually watched it. I was like, man, how how have I not seen this movie? Yeah. Put it... I knew we were doing the Milk and Cookies cigar at some point. I was like, oh, the new kids, Milk and Cookies, that'll be great. Things added up. I knew I wanted the doctor here, because it's a Spader film. Uh, You got a lot riding on you tonight. No pressure, Doc. Um, but for it just Christ's sake, Todd. I mean, maybe I do, maybe I don't. You know, I mean, it's a real nice shirt you got there. <laughs> Anybody need a beer? Yes, please. Uh, go ahead and give me one, uh, just so you don't have to reach back over there in a little okay. bit. Uh, Pass them around, Kate. Let's not wait all night here. All right. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna love tonight. I am totally going to love tonight. Uh, we love when the doctor. Uh, if 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 you want a little precursor to this, go to our Pretty in Pink episode uh, where the doctor just showed us, basically transformed into James Spader. That episode, uh, <laughs> and I keep trying to mimic it, and it's just not there, and it just oh, no, it's it. not something you can fake. Uh, okay, well you know what? Relax for Christ's sake. Well, there's going to be some more later on. Okay. <laughs> Once we get in this movie, like I said, I'm I'm only going to pause occasionally for this. Are you enjoying it, Tut, the cigar? Uh, the Spader impersonation, I'm immensely enjoying it. You getting cookie? I am not getting cookie. I'm not getting baked goods, all that stuff. What I am getting is a really nice tasting cigar. There are no I'm, baked goods in the cigar. <laughs> I'm getting a lot of nice flavor. It, it, full flavor? So far, I'll give it to them. I will. Uh, I'm getting a lot of nice little woodsy leather stuff coming through there. Uh Nothing that's out of the ordinary for a, a good tasting cigar, other than the fact that you had me full with the color of the wrapper. And I was thinking, like Connecticut, it was going to be soft. It was going to be, you know, the first third is just going to be warm up. And yeah. no, it's it's full right there from the start. Uh, yeah, leather, cedar on the draw, a little bit of sweetness, and then a little spice for me is starting to dissipate a little bit on the nose. Uh, Yax, you just now lit up. What do you? 
I'm going to say pretty much what you said, except, I mean, I'm not really getting any cedar whatsoever. It was there initially, then it went away, and the leather took a. I, I'm still the all leather over took the a big front I'm step. I'm getting none of that. Cedar taste. But I, I am getting it. I've this is very cedar. creamy to me. You're getting a lot of cream. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, well, you know, I'm missing that one. And tell them they said cream. butter in that description. That kind of pissed butter me off. Cream. But butter, 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 and then in the final third, butter cream. Turns out this is a There's double doozy cookie. It's cream the cookie and company. butter together oh, at once. You know the doctor. I swear to God, if I get to that last part and there's raisins in here, I'm out. The doctor and I, when we were uh, younger men, and not even like kids, like college and early 20s, whenever we'd go to the mall together, which that already sounds funny, so... Uh, well, back it in those get days, a lot funnier. back in those days, you'd have to go to like Suncoast Video to get DVDs and stuff. Or and you know, if you wanted to go into the structure store and try on some clothes and some corduroy suits, and you wanted to have your heterosexual life partner there, so you could be sitting there in the chairs, you came out of the dressing room and model the clothes, uh, kind of manly stuff. Do they come over to they come over to the doctor as he sat in the chair and be like, uh, "Someone can help you, sir." I'm with him, and I'd come out of the dressing room spinning around. What do you think, Doc? My new corduroy suit. Yeah, I bought a corduroy suit. <laughs> Did you get the linen pants? And oh matching corduroy it was, it was vest. The, it was the pants. It was like a three-piece corduroy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. It was a little corduroy vest, too. Oh. I got to say it was pretty bitching back in the but day. At, but what I was getting to was, <laughs> since we were at the mall anyway, we'd go by the Great American Cookie Company and get a couple double doozies where they put the icing in the middle. Just a straight Not that up, there's anything wrong with that. It's just a straight-up no, heterosexual no, life partner thing no, to do. There's nothing right. wrong with it at all. I'd be carrying Cade's structure bags while he went over and ordered the cookies. Well, hey, if you were good and gave me some really constructive opinions, I'd buy your cookie for We'd you. We'd get one Sprite, two straws. Uh, Didn't have a lot of money, all right? Oh, to we're see just, you all as Cade just a bunch of kids. A bunch of guys having fun. A bunch of college kids. <laughs> bunch of quad crazy guys having fun. <laughs> having fun with my buddies. Yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll come back to the cigar. I need a double doozy. What's the fucking big deal? <laughs> uh, feel free to chime in about the cigar if you get something new, because I, I I'm going to try to hold off and make please make uh, detailed notes. Detailed notes. We start things off with the new kids uh, with an alarm going off in the earliest hours of dawn. As the camera pans across a highly impressive, it's in the bedroom, a highly impressive decorated military uniform kind of hung over the chair, and it pans over to a highly impressive mustache oh. that rests on, <laughs> that rests on top of the lip of Tom fucking Atkins, baby. Oh. Atkins. Tom badass Atkins. Military man Mac <laughs> McWilliams. What a name. And as we said before, I had never seen this movie, and I'm sitting here going, because I didn't even pay attention. All right, so you told me where it is. Start the movie. Oh, what am I? Is that? I know that mustache. Is that? It can't be. My exact words are like, "Oh, let's uh, let's start this bullshit." As soon as Tom Atkins was, oh, now it makes total sense. Just got done making some love, probably. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You just assume he has. Oh yeah. Uh, military man Matt McWilliams pops up at the sound of the alarm and barges into his teenage son Lauren's bedroom. Wait, that was also the plot of one of my cartoons. <laughs> make a note here. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, he, he yells playfully for his boy to get up, rise and shine on your feet, soldier. 
You can't get strong while you're laying down. What? Did you whack off too much last night? But it's not like mean drill right. sergeant dad. He's it's laughing. Not, yeah, it's not like the and normal the kids military like laughing day. like you know they're they, they you know they're clearly there's nothing serious about it. Um, this is again though this whacking off. It's treading really close to my family full of squares third cartoon. <laughs> Boy, they really weren't square at all, were they? No, no, they weren't. <laughs> That's what you guys are trying to tell me. Um, Atkins then goes into his daughter Abby's room and wakes her sexy little body up. Those are his words. I didn't say that. He did. <laughs> Gives her about three pats on the caboose. She, he hops into bed with his teenage daughter. She makes the mistake of, no calling, of calling him Major. But he just got a promotion, and he responds by smacking her ass and telling her, It's Colonel now, sweetheart. Remember that. Keep that in the forefront of that skull of yours because it means more greenbacks to buy designer jeans for that sexy little body. Now up and up, let's go. Any actor here other than Atkins that would be so creepy. It's not with him. No, it isn't. But I still even I was like, wait a second, this is supposed to be his daughter. Oh, it's Atkins. He can do what he wants. Uh, no matter what he says to any female, including family members, it's all good because it's Tom. Atkins. Think that was in the script? Or you think he improvised those little? Oh, butt I think he pads? totally improvised it. What? Even stupid Gyllenhaal's dad wouldn't write that. Like he calls his daughter your sexy little butt. No, they'll never believe. That's nah, total improv on Atkins. Right? Like I want to put this line in there, but who are we going to get to say it? Hey, I'm a colonel now. I'm going to buy you some tight little jeans for that tight little ass, little ass ears. <laughs> Atkins, let's go jog seven miles. <laughs> Case closed. Atkins can do whatever he wants, and he comes across as just the coolest guy ever. Am I right? Yes. Todd, I know you love it when we go off on our Atkins. Uh, just. Uh, I still think he was just sitting there going, "I'd never be able to pull this off." But these are the perfect lines. Hi, Atkins. You think Sean is coming? He's I was perfect. like, "Well, we got to get Atkins if we're going to read these lines." We can't. You my you God, can't, we can't use this. You guys script. are sick. You never wrote the shit in V. No, no, no. We wrote it for Atkins. <laughs> I totally had it in V, but I couldn't get Atkins. Well, and to be honest, who else are you going to cast for a guy named Mac McWilliams? we got to get Tom Atkins. Either him or Michael Ironside. Or <laughs> Ironside, like, that would have worked. No, that would have not have worked. <laughs> that would not have worked. A sexual little plot of yours. All of a sudden comes a Matt Cade Sunday funny cartoon. <laughs> uh, we, well, we then cut to an opening credit sequence that shows the colonel, newly colonel, and his two kids, Lauren and Abby, jogging around the military base, taking turns punching and kicking a punching bag, crawling, strong. crawling under barbed wire fences. Mac tells his offspring, it's a jungle out there. If you're going to make it out there, you got to be strong. He says that all the time. Actually, they all say it together. He's kind of drilled it in their heads by now. Yeah, yeah, Dad. Well, no, we got to be strong. But it's not like you just the military father oh, you always not. see. That's, that's what makes it really good. They're enjoying the shit out they of it. They have fun with this. Tom Atkins. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, but you're right because a lot of times when you see military families, it's all about the rigid order, and in discipline, especially. And it's, it's always that. But no, this isn't a domineering, aggressive father children scenario like so many military movies and so many cartoon rough drafts. Uh, I was just waiting for him to stop to make <laughs> you keep going and crack open that beer, <laughs> my workout beer. These kids clearly love their. <laughs> he lights up a smoke while they're working the punching bag over. These kids Daddy's gonna take five. clearly love their father, and he loves them. Uh, again, unless you cast someone else here, that relation might across, come across very differently, but it doesn't. Well, later that afternoon, Lauren and Abby, or the grunts as he calls his kids, uh, see their parents off as Mac McWilliams 
is headed to Washington, D.C. to be officially awarded a presidential commendation for valor. I think Tiger Woods just got that. Didn't he? I don't think so. I think he yeah. won the Masters. No, he just got... Trump just gave him some presidential award. It was, it was a uh, joke. You ruined I, it. Um... But he gets it for single-handedly subduing five hijackers on a Boeing 747. With his mustache. With his mustache alone. <laughs> his mustache and is all... And saving watch, all the hostages watch. on board. Mac tells his kiddos to get at least a couple nights sleep while they're gone, as we'll party real hard on my return. <laughs> and you know they will! Goddamn Tom Atkins. I wish my dad was Tom Atkins. I wish my mom was Tom Atkins. <laughs> i take anybody as Tom Atkins at this point. <laughs> I would leave my family right now to go live with 80-year-old Tom Atkins. You going to put that in your fun day, Sonny? Thing? You know? uh, Just going to be a square. Do you think Look he's still family? Like Why aren't you kid? Tom Atkins? Do you think he's still he's, living the life like no, he used to? No, he's 80 years he's, old. He's dude. about 82 or 83. <laughs> uh, I show up with my suitcases. I'm here. <laughs> I gave it all up. Let's party. Uh, 7.30, I'm getting ready for bed. No, no! I come back to my family. You, you can't meet your heroes. I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. Never meet your heroes. Uh, well, that night, Lauren and Abby are hosting, you know, with the parents gone, a little house party while their folks are away. There's the family squares uh, funny for you. Kate comes back to his family and I answer the door. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We've all moved on down here. I mean, number four. (laughs) Then two comic strips under, I go to live with Calvin and Hobbes. You leave Calvin and Hobbes out of this. And then you're canceled. (laughs) And then I'm canceled. Uh, It's just me and Hobbes drinking malt liquor. You leave Calvin out of this. (laughs) Calvin's telling Hobbes he's drinking too much. Cody. I got him in a headlock. Cody, punch him. Do something. You didn't create Calvin Hobbs. You have no ownership, no... You're ruining my childhood. Calvin was the dog, is that Back it? to the movie, for God's sake. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, Calvin was the dog. Lauren and Abby are hosting a kick-ass house party when they're kick-ass. folks are away, complete with cans of Coca-Cola and pizza. No, yeah. dude. No, dude. She has boxes of Popeye's chicken. Oh, is that what those She's boxes She's got a were? chicken wing in her mouth and a can of Sprite and three boxes of Popeye's chicken. Oh, they are partying, then. That uh, sounded like a legit party. Lame me. sauce. That's one of your East Texas parties. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's pretty good. Uh, no, we would have had Well, as everyone is cheering code. the nightly news because all of a sudden their dad's on the TV and they're talking yeah, about yeah, yeah. the award he got. Turns out he's killed over 75 terrorists over the years by himself. <laughs> me style. <laughs> well, they just put that up. This guy right here. He backed over the last and two they, of them with And they car. showed the back of a president that I guess was supposed to be Reagan. You just saw, like, the wig and he's shaking the Atkins hand. Well, the phone rings as everybody's watching the show, and it's the military informing the kids that both their parents are now dead from a car crash. <laughs> they couldn't even come to the house. They're on a base. Uh, man, me up, and it took away Atkins. That went south quick. So I just turned it off, so you're going to have to fill in on the rest well, of the movie. Well, turns out it was late. Uh, Atkins' mustache was driving. It was <laughs> rainy. <laughs> he turned over the wheel to his mustache. He was inebriated, but his mustache wasn't. <laughs> I was about to say, they found three cases of road beers in his uh, car. High lives. Uh, yeah, they went south really quick. After a remarkably... S- I didn't think about that, but you're right. You would think that at least somebody would show up at the door to tell the kids their parents are dead. Nope, just a phone call. Well, it could and have- then they hang up. 
And you right, know what? Bye now. This is our first glimpse at the lack of emotions. And I'm gonna I'm gonna get into this here a little bit later, but you know, the daughter Abby just kinda No. And Lauren just kinda hangs up the phone and that's kinda it. After a remarkably small-scale military funeral for such a decorated badass budget restraint here, <laughs> there should have been like hundreds of people at this damn thing. He was just on the news. The 21 yeah. gun salute. Or at least the 75 hostages he saved should have been there. No, it's a very small military funeral. Lauren and Abby are left standing there holding their dad's wristwatch and a folded flag. Neither kid seems that distressed, which you could attribute to either them being bad actors or just hardened by their father's discipline. I think it's a little bit more the former. They hadn't really done much, and they couldn't really. They just didn't have it in them as actors to kind of yeah. emo- emote at this point. Uh, but it works that they were military kids, and their dad was clearly just like that. Be strong. With, uh, be strong. Laughlin was like, "Can I have that watch?" Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Suddenly, their uncle Charlie shows up. The highly watchable Eddie Jones. Did you guys recognize him at all? Oh yes. Oh yeah. Would y'all recognize him? Uh, well, uh, go back to the 90s. He played Jonathan Kent in the Lois and Clark New Adventures of Superman. Oh, okay. Uh, he went back all the way. His dad? He, he played, yeah, he played the dad. Uh, plus, I mean, he'd just been, you know, through the 80s, all the TV shows, uh, I mean, movies. He had just bit parts primarily, but I mean, you'd. I remember him as the police captain from Invasion USA. Yes. He was in Invasion USA. I go back to. Uh, uh, God, uh, early '80s. I can't remember if it was '81 or '82. Q, the Winged oh, Serpent. The winged serpent. Yeah. He had a little bit part in that. Well, he shows up and he approaches them and he tells the kids they'll be coming to live with him now and their aunt Faye in Florida. He wasn't close to his brother Max since they were little boys, but he loved the son of a bitch. He hadn't seen him in 50 years, but he but he loved him. Uh, all right, I guess now would be, I mentioned it a minute ago, a good time as any to mention that Lauren, the brother, is played by Shannon Presby, who quit acting pretty much immediately after this film. Um, I've made some actors do that over the years, haven't you? You've you seen me, Doctor. Uh, and Abby is played by the beautiful Lori Laughlin, Aunt Becky of Full House fame. Looking yes. just absolutely scrumptious. Well, she's been all over the news lately. My God, she looks just as gorgeous at 54 as she did at 24. Yeah, she hasn't. I'm going to be honest, she hasn't changed that looks much. Better she now looks better now than ever. She's aging like... She's not aging. She's not. Uh, she, of course, Lori Laughlin has been in the news just ad nauseum lately as part of the college admission scandal. Apparently, she and her hubby bought... Her two daughters way into USC. Uh, it's been a huge thing already. Some people are in, you know, got jail sentences oh, from it. Oh wow, it's horrible. They rich people use money to get their kids into something. <laughs> We've never guys, heard of this before. What do you guys think? Is that? Um, I think. Do you guys have an opinion either way on it? Just I a, think what they're doing to her and him, even though that they're, you know. Because they're pleading not guilty and they're so high profile, the DA is just going at them like a a pit bull. We'll see later. William in H this Macy's thing. wife has already pled guilty, I believe. Yeah. Felicity Huffman. I'm just like um, it's. They're talking about is this worthy of jail time. They're talking about jail time, and I'm like, no, it's not. I don't want to put. I don't want to spend money on putting these people in jail. 
Make them do community service for you know five six years. Make them pick up trash along the sidewalk. Let's get something out of this. Let's not just let's not put them in jail. So uh, Yaks is a humorous, jaded reaction and comment. There is pretty much exactly oh, rich people doing rich people things. Exactly how I feel. Um, this isn't. This is just a fact. It's not like oh you're so tough or oh you're so cool or anything like that. It's just a fact. I don't know about you guys. I've basically lost the ability to feel like outraged or anything like this. We are in the minority yeah. at that. Yeah. As soon as I heard it, my initial response was one of amusement. I was like, oh, so that's what Lori Laughlin's been up to these days. <laughs> uh, I didn't know she was still around. Apparently she's like in a lot of Hallmark movies. I, and I don't care. That doesn't surprise uh, me. It, it's apparently the numbers are pretty exorbitant that Felicity Huffman's was 15 grand and that Laughlin and her clothing designer husband like a half million. Spent, spent 500000 I don't care. Uh, same thing with Cody. It's like, oh, wow, you mean the extremely wealthy have used their money and wealth and privilege to break the rules of fair play in their own favor? Gee whiz. Breaking news. Uh, where have you been? Neptune? You know, I mean, come on. So I don't care. Uh, I, I, to Tut's point, they booted the daughter out of school, I'm sure. There, there's so much... <coughs> The, the public shaming is going to be worse than anything you can do. I thought the, the interesting thing about compared to all the other cases was with their kid, because the kid had actually started her own business on YouTube and millions of followers was was making millions of dollars on her own. Yeah, I guess she had been on records saying she didn't want to go to college. Yeah, and they this was important to them. So she got kind of dragged into this nonsense. Uh, which is, but it's nonsense. I mean, just you, you know, make, make them. You you got, wrote, if you write out a check for a half million bucks to get her into school, write out another check for a half million to a scholarship fund, and the daughter's booted out of school, and let's be done with it and fuck off. Be already. done with it. But no, the DA's got to make a career. Let's go. I think we're all in agreement. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Much like everything else, everybody's pissed off about these days. Now, the guy who was actually committing the fraud, who oh, actually yeah, no. set up the, that. The guy who's taking you know millions of dollars and weaseling these little rich kids now in. That, now that I can go, I can uh, see going after him. But oh, I thought we were going to like him. Sorry. Oh, I, okay. I misread your signals. You uh, know how Lori Laughlin couldn't get her kid into school when she should clearly just go up to one of the guys who's in charge of the school Hi. and be like, Hi, I'm Lori Laughlin. You've watched too many 80s TV <laughs> movies with Dean Dinglehopper and the... Yes, Miss Laughlin. Uh, oh, she comes in in a tr- <laughs> trench coat, and that's not how it works. But damn it, it, damn it, it, it should, Yax. <laughs> no. I believe it will. The only other thought have I you, have on the I matter. Think I think we just specified earlier. Have you seen Lori Laughlin? I, I, I believe that's how my mother got me into Sam Houston State University. <laughs> the, the only other thought I have on the matter is that this has obviously been going on for decades, but it would seem that now that in the as we continue, everybody getting used to the depths of the information age that it's getting harder and harder to get away with stuff like this. Um, there's a, a similar situation. Again, uh, it's a, oh, you know, oh, really, this happens kind of reaction. Uh, there's been a, I hate these words, scandal, but um, finally, after decades of this being a joke with, with college recruiting, there are finally some college basketball assistant coaches that are in some deep shit. Uh, give, give players a little bit of money. That, uh, involving the, the assistant coaches, the head coach acting like, whoa, I didn't know, uh, wealthy boosters and shoe companies uh, trying to get forwarding money to kids to get them to go to certain schools. And they finally have actually caught some people and found them guilty, whereas this has been going on forever. 
So I just think that now, whereas you could destroy a paper trail, now that every bank transaction, every text, every email, it might actually be easier to ferret out some of this corruption because it's just going to be harder and harder to hide it. Yeah. Uh, but again, it was the same thing. I was like, oh, really? There's, I, I mean, it, before the SMU death penalty, there was a story that when Eric Dickerson showed up on the SMU campus, he had a new Trans Am. But that was in like 1980. I mean, some rich. I'm picturing the. I rich think he Texan, still has that Trans Am. I'm picturing the rich Texan from The Simpsons just walking into a car dealership, paying cash <laughs> for a Trans Am, yeah. giving it to Eric Dix, Eric Dickerson. What? You, how? You, there's no evidence. How are you going to prove it? I actually think yeah. that's yeah. right. I think there's a story where he still has that Trans Am, and the license plate is something like. Yeah. Uh, first round, or, or I can't some, remember what the license plate it's, it's was. It's thrown it in everybody's face. The, he kind of wears it as a badge of. Uh, no, the only like other thing I thought was that now, now maybe it's it's just going to be harder and harder to keep all this stuff hidden if you're if you're involved in these sorts of wide ranging things. It is. We're, we're, I could give a shit. We're kind of beyond the days where you could just give somebody an envelope and <laughs> one of those cartoon sacks of money with big dollar, <laughs> dollar signs on it. <laughs> on it. I mean, now you probably give a kid a debit card and. Or a prepaid visa and recharge it every, and that that's got a trail. And even even then, that's going to have got a, trail a trail. Everything's got a trail. Every text is. You can't do anything anymore. Okay. Well, I just that's like it or not. That's probably what Lori Laughlin, after thirty years in the business of acting, that's what she's going to be known for is the chick who spent half a million dollars to get her kids into college. And then they're going to show her face, and everybody's going to go, well, "That's all right." I, I don't see how people with that kind of money I mean, are, are ever going to serve any jail time. Uh, but even you know it would, they're you know, probably slap a bracelet on her and make her do six months house arrest or something. I don't know. Look stupid. at look at what they did to Martha, Martha Stewart. I'm not aware of that. Well, one. It was insider trading from the stock market. I mean, these people were just getting their kids into school. It, if you get a DA who's hard up and wants to make a name for themselves, they will go at them like a pit bull. They well, will absolutely we'll, go at them. We'll see. Maybe when it's all set up. I hope not. Like I said, I would rather see her on the side of the road picking up trash for a while. Or like Mincy said, cutting a check for a scholarship fund. That serves society better than jail time. I agree. I'm sorry. Get over yourselves. You don't have to sit there, oh, she got jail time. That's what that bitch deserved. Yeah. Yeah, you're paying for that. It's about time liberal Hollywood got taken down a notch. Now, if you're some 19, 20-year-old who's going to L.A. Community College and... You apply for USC and you didn't have the money, and they were like, "Sorry, we just don't have a spot for you." I can understand maybe some bitterness and, and rancor on that part, but uh, yeah, I mean, but come this on, is, that, that's like a that's this like, is real life, kid. Get used to it. Well, that's like let's create a victim well, just so we can. Create. That's that's what all the uproars about. You know, they're taking slots from. Uh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> When's it gonna stop, Mincy? That's like the Tony Romo in the golf. Is it that hasn't <laughs> What's been next, happening? Huh? What's this? Well, no, the doctor, before we'd start, he said apparently Romo, uh, Tony Romo, the old Dallas Cowboys quarterback, he gets to play in a pro golf tournament once a year yeah. where they give him an exception. He's a good golfer, and it's, it brings a little bit of panache to a event, and He's everybody a loves it. He's a celebrity. Apparently there's this jackass radio DJ in Dallas who's an up, up in arms about it. What do you say? Uh, uh, well, and it's just, I should point that this guy... Uh, didn't like Romo when he played, and used to. Uh, Romo was a polarizing figure when he played uh, for the Cowboys fans, but he, he used to bust his balls back then. And, uh, and this guy also was a golfer, this radio guy. His name's Steve Dennis, and uh, he's he's been. Uh, he has a show with Tim Kalashaw, who's kind of famous. He's on that Around the Horn show on ESPN, and he he's a uh, he's been just really just going off on Romo that. Because isn't the first time th- there was one other time this year that Romo got an exemption to play on on a tour event. He's a scratch golfer, 
Um, but this guy's whole thing is there's these up-and-coming golfers on that are amateurs that deserve a spot, and Romo stole a spot from him. But he, he's real he's real adamant about it. He's like, he, he took somebody else's spot. That's not fair. You got these other guys out there. He's like, where does it end? Huh? What's next? The, the Boston Bruins are going to decide to sell more tickets? Are going to put Lady Gaga on goal? And it's just, I, I, at that point, I turned the radio. This is preposterous. Shut up. Dogs going to be kissing cats? It's craziness. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, you know who doesn't have to break any rules to get ahead in the game? Who's that? That's right, Tut. Our good friends over at Drew State. <laughs> uh, tobacco special cigars are made by the almighty Drew State, the same folks who brought you Liga Pravada, Undercrown, Nika Rustica, and more. Your choice of either dark, extra dark Connecticut Broadleaf or natural Connecticut Shade wrappers, Envelope, a Sumatra binder, and Nicaraguan Criollo... Criollo? Criollo. Criollo. Filler leaves. Before aging, the cigars are slowly infused with Nicaraguan estate-grown coffee. The smoke is medium to full-bodied, depending on the wrapper. It's rich tobacco flavors, commingling with the unmistakable aroma of coffee and just a little bit of sweetness. I'm a fan, and you'll be too. Seek them out. Do it. Speaking of cigars, what do you guys think of this? Do it. You guys uh, about all into the end of the first third? Start, yeah. It is a slow-smoking cigar. Starting to get into what I would consider the half... Uh, yeah, man, that, that cedar note, that leather note has just been playing bananas with me. Really, really nice. So still, you're, I still getting, get a little you're getting bananas. No, no, they're playing bananas. Oh, okay. I'm not tasting bananas. Oh, okay. Uh, still getting a nice little spice little deal on the on the, it's on there. the nose. It's there. It's uh, not, it's some, not like... Sometimes it spikes a little bit, Sometimes, but it's always there. It's not aggressive. It's just nice and pleasant on there. I um, am getting a little bit of cream and saltiness, kind of a muted creaminess and saltiness. On the palate, but you're right. The leather and the cedar are battling it out for the main flavor profile um, where I'm at. Yeah, boy? About the same, yeah. I mean, I'm really leather like picked up. You like it? You see, you really like it, huh? No, I'm, so, I'm sorry to interrupt. No. Go ahead. Uh, light spice, leather. I'm still getting that cream. No saltiness. A little bit of saltiness. Uh, Doctor, you enjoying it? Light spice, no real transition. Um, I very much enjoy it. Weren't we going to keep going? Nice now flavors. I'm going to drop in when we talk when we do our Drew States. Uh, okay. Uh, um, just kind of touch on a little bit. Okay, I am enjoying it too. In good construction. I uh, have left it alone for a while. Burns fine. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll come back to it. Well, after a long Greyhound bus ride down to Florida, set to a cheesy musical score that honestly sounds just fucking terrible. <laughs> Lauren and Abby arrive in Florida. Uh, the score was actually done by Lalo Schifrin, or Schifrin, I'm sorry. He composed the fucking Mission Impossible theme. Didn't he do? Didn't he do like Dirty Harry? Too? Yeah, a couple of the Dirty Harry movies. Then he just phoned this in and took a check. Uh, man, there's nothing close to that catchiness on display here. Uh, Uncle Charlie picks them up from the bus stop in his bright red convertible Cadillac. He's a little late. You get the feeling he's always a little late for everything. Hey, uh, we made it to the funeral. Come on. And he tells them. Barely. They're going to have a great time together. As he but dri- then he put the kids on a bus. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Look, i got to go back to my first class seat on the plane, but yeah, you, I'm going to get you there. I'll get you there. Your parents have just been killed. I'm going to do the worst thing for you, which is put you on a Greyhound bus to Florida. <laughs> is there anything worse? God. No. As he drives them to the middle of nowhere. Because you're going to Florida. A.K.A. No, it's even worse. It's Florida, and he drives in the middle of a swamp to Santa's Funland. Where Your he's niece and nephew committed suicide on the bus. 
He takes him to Santa's Funland, where he's going to introduce them to the concept of slave labor. <laughs> now, now we learn the real reason old Uncle Charlie picked them up. They thought we got, we they, got two in shape bodies. They here. thought they got a new family. Uncle Charlie got two new employees who will work for free. Pretty much. Santa's Funland is a work-in-progress seasonal amusement park that Uncle Charlie has invested everything he has in. And with the kids' help, and maybe a little bit of your money, it's going to be a huge success. It's got the live animals, a merry-go-round, lots of fun shit. Now let me lock you two in your shed-like quarters. And Uncle Charlie thinks once it's fixed up, all those people heading to Disney World up north... We're just 20 miles away from the closest interstate. ...will absolutely stop by and throw some cash in his face as a little appetizer for the big show. Speaking of shows, he shows us in their bedroom, like the doctor said, which is a shared old barn filled with creepy old puppets and carnival mirrors. Sleep well, kids. But yet, the kids say they can make it work. And Charlie's so happy at how well this transition's going. He says, you know what? I'll throw some burgers and dogs on the grill and feed you guys. Oh, how nice. You're feeding them. Please, sir. More burgers. Another dog, sir? <laughs> well, let's let's get that roller coaster running, then we'll get you a hot dog. Well, my only question here is because I was like, oh, how great. You so they're, they're sleeping in a shed in Florida. <laughs> Yeah. They have mosquitoes the size of dogs. Didn't see any window units in there either. <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, but these kids are... Nothing phases them. We'll in, make it work. In we'll, this part we'll of Florida, work. it wouldn't be ridiculous for a no. giant alligator to just walk up to that... That screen door would have kept him out. <laughs> I was I waiting they for had the, that. I was waiting for Uncle Charlie to have one of those novelty sweat pickles. <laughs> <laughs> We then show the McWilliam kids... The Your Mc- work at the ring toss was lackluster. Now get in the sweat pickle. Get in the sweat pickle. Uh, we then show the McWilliam kids at their first day of high school. Uh, this transition isn't actually that difficult for them. They're military kids. They change schools a lot. Yeah. That's, uh, that's over true. The years. That's, that's very true. A young Eric Stoltz tries to awkwardly flirt with Abby in algebra class, but she cheerfully, she's always got a smile on her face, and very politely blows him off. Uh, he would go on to star in a really good movie, Some Kind of Wonderful. Oh, yes. Just two years after this. Um, after And he's fine in this. He's okay. He's just kind of he's awkward, just young. an awkward red. He's just real young. Yeah, young kid. I mean, everybody he, he fits here. the role that that yeah, character is supposed yeah. to play. Yeah, he does. He does good. Uh, after she elbows an aggressive thug in the student center who gets a little too handsy with her, uh, the guy and his knucklehead buddies then set their focus on her brother, Lauren, at the water fountain. They give him the business, but he's unflinching. Like a sister, he's seen it all before. They're the new kids in town. We've seen it all before. He tells he tells the main jackass Gideon or Gid, played by Return of Living Dead's uh, and Point Break. Yeah, John uh, Philbin. John Philbin. Return of Living Dead, Point Break, and also uh, Children of the Corn. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. He gives his life to the the he, he who walks, walks by, by the rose. Uh, he I tells him about the corn. He tells Gideon, uh, Lauren does you, nothing phases me. And Gideon says, well, we'll have to see about that, won't we? <laughs> They're, these guys are really rednecky. Well. <sighs> You're offended by that? I just. Not very menacing to me. I don't know why. Goofballs. The, the, yeah, the accents were so fucking Until over the top, Until Spader man. shows up, there's a bunch of goofballs. Like, you think it you could just, really probably fool Oh, hell, guys. I'm going to get me some of that girl over there, and yeah. it ain't going to be pretty, huh, John Boy? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah, we going to do this. I will say this. When he was at that water fountain, mm-hmm. and uh, he looks up at Lauren, and he was like, what, you got a problem? 
And it, I just wish Lauren would have just been like, no, but you do now. And just, he's a military kid. Go at it, man. Just absolutely. You're not going to, you're the new kid, man. You got to just try your best for a few days I, at least to assimilate. I just wanted to yeah, point out that this he, water fountain is getting so much use. There's a <laughs> line in here. There's a giant line at this water fountain. Uh, I was like, what? What's it was going 85. On? They didn't have vending machines. Actually, and, you know what? Uh, once a year, I volunteer my my time for a whole day at my kid's school. Yeah, and there is a giant line at the water fountain. After recess, dude, twenty people deep. And Cade's the Gideon type asshole who stands in front of it, blocking <laughs> all those thirsty kids. What you got a problem? You got a problem with me? And that's Anna Nicole voice. That's, that's the only <laughs> voice I. You want some of this H two O? Okay, maybe oh, the accent shit. wasn't that far off. No, maybe not. I retract my accent uh, statement. I'm sorry. Well, after school, the tough crew, these Gideon <laughs> and his buddies, led by a very bleached blonde James Spader, no introduction, obviously necessary. Uh, this movie comes one year before Pretty in Pink. Ah. I, knew uh, I knew it was before. And one year after his first kind of breakthrough in Tough Turf. Ooh, I don't think I've seen yeah. Tough Turf. Which he was actually the new kid in that one, if yes. you remember. Okay. Tough Turf is actually... Uh, it's a good yeah, movie. It's, it's a reversal of his character. Here. Check it he out. He plays okay. the, the new kid. Because I know in this... I wanted to travel back in time, go to that school, and punch him in the face. Oh, he's hateable. He is. Choose, he chews up the scenery with you how want, much of a dick he is. You just want to punch him right well, off. You know, that's, that's kind of one of the cool things is like which you, know, you wanted Spader, to do in Pretty in Pink too, but you kind of like the guy too. He's so smarmy. He was Spader. I mean, you know, most people don't realize. I mean, that's how he started out. He was the '80s blonde douchebag. And I mean, he did it. You know, for this movie, obviously, he did it for Pretty in Pink. Jack's back. Uh, Saint, was he in Santa Mos Fire? Yes, he was. Yeah. Was he in Santa Mos Fire? Yes, he was. But I mean, he was always kind of the dick. You know, there was some, and that was you know that was just sort of the rise within the eighties. I mean, just yeah. the, the blonde douchebag. Yeah, you know, Johnny from you know Karate Kid. Yeah, even uh, if you're uh, blonde in the eighties, you probably were a dickhead. Uh, <laughs> Lee McCloskey from Hamburger, he was a played a blonde douchebag uh, fraternity vacation. And just one of the guys. And just one of the guys. <laughs> well, the crew, the bad crew, is sh- out in the woods at their house shooting at moonshine bottles in the swamp with an old revolver while training their pit bull for an upcoming fight. They got tied to a rope and they're, God. hey, me. Spader's character, Dutra. What a name. Dutra or Dutra? Dutra. Dutra. That is a name. Bets Gideon 50 bucks he can pop Abby's cherry first. Another one of their buddies... Gideon goes in on that. He'll get her. Another one of his buddies throws in 50 that it ain't happening for anybody with her. She wouldn't give y'all the steam off her shit. (laughs) That was actually the punchline of another one of my comics. Uh, But the bet has been made. And that cannot be good for Dear Abby. Hey, Dear Abby, that's another newspaper columnist like myself. Oh, God. One of my contemporaries. Oh. In the business. Back at Santa's Funland, Uncle Charlie has completely inexperienced Lauren helping him assemble a giant roller coaster. This is going to be safe. This will be safe. <laughs> He's up there with like a screwdriver. This thing's like shooting around at 80 miles an hour. Just tighten it a little bit more. You, you'll be all right. Absolutely. We'll what learn, we'll learn later, too, he let the insurance lap on Santa's Funland. Um, <laughs> seems legit. And he's, uh, Uncle Charlie's lamenting about the funds they lack to take the park to the next level. He's got big dreams and big ideas. Oh, big dreams. 
it's taking all the gas. The only little convenience store right next to the park. It's taking all the gas from the pumps to run the park generators at night. But they get a new generator. Oh, sky's the limit. And speaking of gas, if only I had some rich orphans that I've imprisoned here to work for me. <laughs> As Lauren's trying to bite off his leg to get away from his chains. Uh, speaking of gas, uh, Spader's Dutra pulls up to the gas pumps in his sweet maroon van. I'm sorry, but yeah, I know it was the '80s still, but I was like, oh man, he just rolled up in a van. Fuck yeah, he did. Uh, and and so Uncle Charlie sends Abby over there. She, she was on the ticket booth station. Which at this stage, who's buying tickets to this thing? There's like a duck and a rabbit and like... There's not even a Santa at Santa's Funland. No. There's nothing fun in Santa's Funland. Where's, where's Santa's Funland? Where's Uncle fun? Charlie's like, oh, they put on a suit. No, they don't even have the suit. They don't have a Santa, no. But anyway, uh, Abby runs over to, to pump some gas for Dutra. He asks her to go to the upcoming dance uh, with him. I'm Dutra. You know what that means? But she clearly doesn't, so she politely declines. I come in here acting all decent and you turn me down? I don't fucking believe that. You're crazy, she says. In doctor style, he says, I'll show you crazy. As he bangs his head against the van and then jumps in and squeals off. So, this is the first point where I think that as much as Spader brings it, it really would have been interesting and maybe better if he'd played Dutra as Steph from Pretty in Pink. Well, calm? Maybe a blazer. There's a dance coming up on Friday night. I'm sure you've heard about it. I'll pick you up. We'll go shoot some trap. What do you say? Look, uh, Abby, I asked you nicely. I don't get what the big deal is here, all right? You should know who he is, Doctor. Fucking bitch, you're going to find out. You're going to find out who Dutra is. I'll show you how crazy I am. I can't believe it. Can we just like start this movie over and reshoot him? Uh, <laughs> I would like that. I, I, I'm trying to I se- like his idea. It I'm works. trying to secure the remake rights as we speak. Uh, nobody declines an invitation from Dutra to the high school dance, damn it. Well, not if you ask so decently. Uh, and is it just me, or is it always weird in these movies when the kids are doing such bad things? Like the bad guys, these kids are snorting below, they're selling weed, they're hoarding guns, they've got they're doing pit, pit bull fights, pit bull fighting. but they're still concerned about the high school bands. <laughs> I like the idea that I like the idea that if you ask someone nicely, they should say yes. Well, yeah, and then it, when they decline, it goes bad fast. Uh, this was a bit of a painful reminder about how I used to ask girls how back in my teen years. <laughs> Look, I'd go I over, I'd nice be nice, or... they'd say no, and then I'd go bonkers. <laughs> I'm going to show you crazy. Bitch. Well, he's out of there, and that's the, we got a feeling this is not going to be good. Going back to Abby and Lauren for a minute, the thing is, Nothing seems to faze these fucking kids. She just kind of smiles and runs off after that whole episode. Uh, their parents' death, these new bullies, nothing rocks them whatsoever. So if that's the angle Sean S. Cunningham was going for in casting these two actors that combined have the acting range of a $10 toaster, I guess he succeeded? Like, hey, they're so bad, it'll come across as their dad trained them to be emotionless. Yeah. That's an insult to my toaster. <laughs> Because they're just both... They're not bad in any other aspect of the movie. They're serviceable. Yeah. But they have no reactions to any intense things. This guy's smashing his head on a van. Not yet. I'm going to pay, bitch. And she's like, all right, see ya. 
And like the dad does. No, she gives a, she gives a nice. <sighs> she gives like a little sigh. That was it. And whenever they talk about her dad, she does this number. Wiping tears that don't exist. All right. I, it works somehow. It works. Because of the military aspect, I think. Otherwise, it'd be like, wow, they really dropped it here. They're very resilient. Stay strong. It's a jungle out there. Wouldn't it be cool if at some point Lauren like pulled out from his suitcase this little box and he opened it and Atkins' mustache was in there? <laughs> no. And when the shit goes down at the end, he takes it out and puts it on? No. No, that wouldn't It'd be acceptable. That wouldn't be a realistic at all. All right, well, uh, not all my ideas, like family full of squares or home runs. I got some bad ones in there. Uh, the next day at school, Gideon tries his best once again to put the moves on Abby in the library. It's 80s. She's scrolling through some microfish. And he just comes to breathe down her neck from behind. He straddles her, basically. He tells her... She's going to wreck her brain with all these books and shit. You're going to wreck your brain with all that books and learning What you stuff. need to do is go to the drive-in with me, and you'll come back a new person. Not surprisingly, she declines that invitation. Another young courting tactic of mine. Uh, <laughs> it work too well. She even turns him down when he invites her to a dog fight. Like a real dog, you ever like seen a Michael, dog fight? A Michael Vick-style dog fight. Uh, and she finally flat out says she doesn't want to go out with him, like, ever. He sticks out his tongue and wiggles it at her, but even that remarkably smooth move <laughs> right out of Tuttle's ninth grade handbook doesn't work. Mister, She finally tells him, you know what, just get lost. So he changes tactics and he spits a loogie on her computer screen and tells her to sit there and rot. Bit crass. Eric Stoltz sees all this going over and his character Mark, he comes over and he tries to comfort her, but she makes it clear, I don't need you to comfort me. I, I can take care of myself. He's trying. He's trying. He's trying. Yeah. And the cat. would be funny if he did something like Revenge of the Nerds where he makes him pop up on that computer screen and she just turns it off and walks away. (laughs) (laughs) She spits on it again. (laughs) Show Stoltz crying. Uh, Real tears. Real tears. tears. I was about to say real tears. (laughs) In the cafeteria, a hot blonde is giving the googly eyes to Lauren and he's playing it cool, best he can. Uh, Spader's Dutra sidles up next to Abby and apologizes for the other day at the gas pumps. She obviously didn't know who he was, and he he thinks her pretty face makes coming to school pretty exciting for once. Uh, When she tells him to read her lips, no. He pops up and says, you know, bitch, you had your shot and you just fucked it up. Man, these guys just... Once again, uh, look, they do bucks right on this. You didn't actually know who I was yesterday when I came over to fill up the van, so kind of going to give you a free pass on this one. What do you say we head down to the drive-in? You know, I mean, now that you know who the Dutra is, you're going to rue the day you said no to me, you fucking bitch. She's not like that, Dutra. She's not like that. Listen, Blaine, I'm sorry that you're on the rag today, but what do you say we just get out of here and go, you know... Dog fights, moonshine. She's not about this life, Dutra. You know what, Blaine? You're really kind of turning into a drag. It's really kind of harsh in my buzz. All of a sudden, a pit bull jumps on Andrew McCarthy. <laughs> Everybody's all... <laughs> um, you just fucked it up, he tells her, to which Lauren stands up for his sister. Oh, it feels so weird his name's Lauren. It's a girl name. Yeah. Lauren stands up for his sister and tells Dutra, I don't like you and I don't like the way you talk, which causes Dutra to smirk and walk away. 
This isn't going to be good for the new kids, is it, Yaks? They made some enemies not. fast. I mean, they, they have they 50 just, bucks on this. They really want... It's Which, a, a, a prize. One word of high, 1980s high school kids get 50 bucks. Well, they're selling weed. They're selling they're weed. They're running and dog fights. And dog fights. And, and moonshine. And still worried about the high school dance. I just can't get over that. Like, <laughs> all right, we got the dog fight on Saturday night. We're shipping 50 M16s to the Sandinistas. Hey, I got 30 kilos of coke coming here. I got to pick up my tux for the dance. <laughs> what the hell? Is that before we meet the Colombians for the uh, <laughs> coke bust? Or uh... I was thinking about maybe we go down to the... Uh, what's that stupid restaurant they all eat in Florida for before the dance? Stuckies? Maybe. I was, I was thinking, uh, I don't know. None of this makes any sense. It's, it's Florida. Stoltz, he's eat, Mark's, uh, the nerd Stoltz, has wormed his way into at least eating with them at lunch. Uh, he tells Abby, that's the only thing he'll be eating in Abby's proximity, am I right? <laughs> Uh, uh, put that one in your family squares. <laughs> hey, that's not bad idea. <laughs> oh, God, don't encourage him. Stop it. Uh, he tells Lauren and Abby that Dutra is about as much fun as a rabid dog, and the best way, to, the best thing to do is stay out of his face. That night at the gas stations, the kids work tirelessly. It's late, and they're still doing... They're like doing the accounting books for Uncle Charlie. <laughs> Aunt Faye's like, just let him get some rest, Charlie. They're all, Lauren's crunching numbers. Lauren's like scrubbing the the gas pumps. What a dick! When you texted me and you're like, I'm not sure who the bad guy is, and it's like, Were you thinking Uncle Charlie? <laughs> no, but uh, that's a good point. Uh, well, Uncle Charlie's on the phone. He seals a deal on the, for a new electric generator to run the park at night, and he's super excited. But his wife Aunt Faye's stressed out about all the money troubles and debt he's getting them into. But he assures her, honey. Things are going to turn out just fine, I promise. He's all, don't worry, he's going through Abby's purse. We're going to pay for it. <laughs> Soon enough, we're going to be farting through silk. She giggles. Good old Charlie. He's always got something up his sleeve. Sounds like shit can't possibly go wrong, right? Oh, you know, everything's going wrong with good time Charlie. Come on. I bet he's been saying we're going to fart through silk for 30 years for with this For 30 chick. fucking years on a, and this That was his a, wedding vows. And this is We're going to fart through silk. I and do. You know this isn't and his, we're going to fart through silk. You know this isn't his first rodeo. There was the alligator ranch, the emu ranch before that. Oh, yeah. This is like his last straw. <laughs> and I love, isn't this basically what that dude in Abducted in Plain Sight, that documentary, The Pedophile... Wasn't this his last ditch? It was a fun land in Florida? I think so. Big question. Was, was, Charlie, like, was Charlie even McWilliams' uh, real brother? I see a couple of rich kids. Somebody died. I'll show up. I read something in the paper. Tell him I'm the long lost uncle. Sure didn't look like Atkins, did he? No. Your, your father told That's him. like twins with Arnold and DeVito. Atkins and this loser? <laughs> Hadn't seen your dad in 50 years. We were real close. Now come on down to Florida. Your father <laughs> well, told you about me, yeah, right? more interesting would be like, hey, kids, Uncle Charlie? Yeah, that's right. That's Uncle, Charlie. Right. Uncle Charlie. Uncle Charlie. Uncle Charlie. Uncle Charlie. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, maybe at night, Lauren takes the mustache out of the case and goes into Uncle Charlie's room and tries to set it on Charlie's face, and it gets rejected. Like two magnets that you're won't not, go together. You're, like, you're not, not my dad's brother. All right, I'm sorry. But, Lauren, there's some accounting he's doing. But, but by the way, the ducks have made Crap a mighty way. mess. They've crapped their... I'm going to just clean up the duck shit. Clean up the duck shit. We'll talk I'm busy about farting through silk. Can Bob you go, Evans. Can you go feed Molly? Bob Evans is where they would go eat Bob Evans, yes. That's the restaurant I was trying to think of. You like Bob Evans? No, I was just thinking it was you time to go feed Molly You lived in Florida briefly. Didn't you take me to Bob Evans? 
In Florida? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, when you helped me move to Texas, we ate one of the I was also put through manual labor for no money or gratitude. For <laughs> and I also made you wear a prom dress. <laughs> I wore a dress. Hey, Florida, <laughs> Florida, it's Florida. It's its own little it's place. Something. Uh, well, back in their shared bedroom, <laughs> uh, Abby confronts Lauren for giving Uncle Charlie two grand more of their money. But he says, you know what, Lo- or you know what, Abby, we've got to help out around here. This is our family now. And there's still a little left. Ugh. I'm sure they got the money from the house sale, at least. Oh, that was the money from the house sale. And no, I'm sure the dad what? had some insurance. No, wait, what house sale? I thought they were living on an army oh, base. So that was oh, me. that's true. They ate up all... Uncle Charlie's already used up all the insurance money on this fucking place. But just then, Spader's Dutra and his crew spray paint all over Santa's Funland, and they knock a bunch of walls down with their pickup truck. They're taking it up a notch. Um, real quick, um, we haven't talked at all about the beer. Are you guys liking it? Yes. It's a very solid beer. Anything it's a nice more than kind of a creamy chocolate stout? That's all I've got. I have gotten no yeah, coffee. That's all I'm getting, yeah. No coffee, just creamy and chocolate. Yeah, and creamy chocolate niceness. Yeah. Okay. I just didn't want to forget about it. I, I do like it, and it's going very well with cigar, but I'll get to that later. Well, the next morning, the local law enforcement shows up at the fun land, and they're useless, naturally. And also, naturally, Uncle Charlie has let the insurance policy slip by into place, so he can't, like... Get insurance to help fix up the spray paint and the knockdown walls. But that's okay. But he's got Abby to work repainting it. Exactly. exactly. You've got two kids. Oh, we're good, Sheriff. (laughs) Uh, Oh, but the Sheriff's daughter, Karen, comes with him, and her perky boobs come with her, and she starts flirting with Lauren big time. So that's something, yeah. Um, Silver linings. Once again, the musical score here is just terrible. It's what horrible. the fuck, Lalo Schriffen? You made some good stuff. Like this is horrible, man. This is this is not even Hallmark Channel worthy. It's all like man, you know, music and uh, Hallmark vac- Channel no, and vacation. The like when you just movies. see the family truckster like driving into cities. Do 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 do. It's like that. It's just. I think maybe he had some teenagers that it's he like stock had working music. music. Come on, crank that out. These movies aren't gonna. <laughs> he had a couple over there kids. in the corner and counting a stack of cash. Abby and Lauren Schifrin. That's my thought. I mean, when you talked about the the dude's pedigree, I was just like, jeez, man, he just phoned this in. It's bad. Uh, Uncle Charlie, no, he's going to need more paint for the repairs. So he sends Lauren and Abby and their checkbook into town to buy some supplies. <laughs> you know what? Use my Cadillac. Enjoy yourselves. You got your checkbook? Jeez, thanks, Uncle Charlie. All it took was cutting him a two grand check to let him escape for a few hours. Let me undo your shackles. <laughs> Get in the car, and I'm going to shackle you to the door. <laughs> well, I'm only going to shackle one of you because I need the other one to go yeah, into the, the hardware the, get store. The paint. But they aren't in town for ten seconds before the bad kids see them park across the street and quickly move in to key the shit out of the convertible while Lauren and Abby are in the hardware store buying paint and whatnot. Abby sees the hoodlums crouch down across the street around the Cadillac, tells Lauren, and when they run across to meet them, they're immediately confronted by Dutra and his cronies, Telling them, yeah, we saw a bunch of well-dressed motherfuckers in three-piece suits here keying your car. To which Gideon says, yeah, real attractive motherfuckers. What's that about? I don't know. Uh, when John Law shows up, wait for it. He ain't much help. None of these cops are. Lauren declines to make a police report. I'll handle why? this on my, I'll handle this why on did, my own. Why didn't Abby just speak up and said, yes, I saw them key the crap out of this car. She defers to Lauren, and Lauren says no. She's seen the side of Lauren before. Lauren's getting the eye of the tiger. Okay. 
Maybe. I'll take care of this my damn self. When they get back to Santa's Funland, was that the only one I did feel quite sorry? Uncle Charlie sees the Cadillac all keyed up. My car! My car! Serves you well, you opportunist apps wipe. I feel a little sorry for Charlie because you just don't... Like John Travolta said, you don't mess with another man's ride. Well, that's true, but you also don't live in a fucking swamp eating hot dogs driving a bright red Cadillac. But if you did, you don't mess with that man's Cadillac. No, it's never okay to mess with somebody's car. No. All right. Uh, Well, that night, Lauren executes a stealth mission into the country home that all the bad boys share, apparently. They all live together in a little house. Is that all of them? I just thought it was Dutra's. No, yeah, but it, I just thought it was Dutra's house. I thought it was a deal where like, the like other his, guys... I thought like his yeah. mom and dad are down there. That's what I thought. Oh, I, I thought, thought it was a gang house. Like, no, I thought he was in high school. And yeah. That's like his parents were out or something. That was. That's what I thought, because I was like, man, that's a nice little uh, nice little house. Oh. That's all right. Okay. Yeah. I didn't think it was a, a flop house for the, for the gang. Where they train their pit bull and I did. I thought they all. Li- I, I thought they boots. all just kind of lived out there together. <laughs> hey, I lived for a little while in high school with a buddy who had a house that was kind of like a party house. He lived in. Anything's possible. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> Moving on. Well, Lauren, uh, you don't want to hear about my my time. And, uh, no. Uh, well, Lauren sneaks into the bedroom and holds a knife to Dutra's throat as he lays in bed. He does that way too easy. I was just like... Oh, he gets right oh, in. Oh, man. He, like, picked the lock going but in. But exactly how the house was filled with the bad guys because the way he maneuvers around the house. But he puts a knife up to Dutra's throat. He just committed grand... or breaking an breaking injury. In. And well, he doesn't care. Assault. And Can they prove that he broke in there? No. He's like a freaking ninja. He is. Dad isn't just like, you know, jogging with him. Here, punch the bag. Also, when you slip it behind the terrace, you have <laughs> exactly. to put the knife gently against the and drag it across. Dutra's <laughs> wearing nothing but some bright then blue the bikini briefs. will grow. <laughs> Wet your first Dude, blood in the Every time you did something awesome, it's a little, little bit of mustard. <laughs> Till the end, he's like, like, uh, like Kurt Russell like and Pinoc- Like Pinocchio's <laughs> nose, and just every time you do something awesome, the mustache grows. <laughs> it's like okay. Sam Elliott at the end of the movie. Oh, that'd be awesome. No, no, no. Uh, uh, did you hear what Dutra was wearing in bed? Pair of navy blue bikini tight briefs, tight little yak boy style, tight little blue, bright blue bikini briefs. You don't know that. I've seen it. I do. That's true. I've slept with you many times. Oh, I boy. didn't say that. No, no. milk stout. <laughs> I was stout me. Stout. No, no, no. I was wearing bikini briefs too. Beer, beer, beer me, beer me. Yeah, I just got my other cartoon. <laughs> this is when I texted you and said I wasn't sure who the real bad guy was. Yeah. This yeah. was this was very uncomfortable. Lauren coming Lauren. in there, Spader in his briefs. First blood style. Lauren coming in there holding a knife to his throat. Coming for you. Where's the fucking money? <laughs> I mean, this is this is it, great. He's pretty dark. And other, it was done in a way that you know that this wasn't the first time he's done this. No. The other guys just committed some vandalism, okay? At this point, ass- at your at car. This point, yes. They're assholes, but they did some spray paint and they knocked down a corrugated tin fence. He breaks into the house in the middle of the night, puts a knife to the dude's throat, and where's the fucking money? He broke in and robbed him, him. Waiting for Lauren to turn around. This isn't Grenada. <laughs> yeah, fucking put stuck some sock in his mouth. Do you want to hear a joke, Dutra? God. Jesus, this guy's intense. 
I said, make the village disappear. I did what I had to do. <laughs> did what I had to do. Dude, that's the scene with him and Abby the next day. <laughs> they found his bikini brief strung up bloody on a... I did what I had to do. <laughs> he tells Dutra they're even now. After he gets the money to repair the cat. He puts a sock in his mouth and holds him hostage until he gets the money. Yeah, not hardly. I'd say Dutra and the boys kind of deserve a little payback at this yeah. point. Oh, That's yeah. what I was thinking. I was like, let's see. You just broke into this dude's house, tied him up, stuffed a sock in his mouth, robbed him of all of his money, threatened him with a knife with a knife on him. He the- just took enough to pay for yeah, the car and he left the rest. That's true. But it's important. Put a knife to his throat, threatened him with his life. Oh, yeah, you're even. Yeah, sure. There's nothing. It's over. Yeah, you're right. It's over. Because he said that it's done. You get it? We're yeah. done now, right? We're done. This is one of the more uneven parts of the film, or what makes the film slightly uneven for me, is that it kind of changes things in that <coughs> as great as Spader is... Uh, you just saw another psycho This, this in introduction of Lauren as a guy who's a little bit on the other side of Section 8 kind of... It makes, it makes the bad guys far less menacing... This dude's fucking crazy, man. Well, Don't fuck right with now, that. I, I for right now. I didn't I didn't get that much at this point. I got a guy who was trained by his dad not to take shit and to be strong and stand up for yourself. Life's a jungle. They fucked up my dad's car. They've been fucking with me since I got here. They've been hitting on my sister right and left. I'm getting that money. And I guess I... I didn't go that far to be like, man, this guy's... Yeah, I couldn't disagree more. I think if you're doing all that, life's tough, stand up for yourself, be strong, take care of your sister. He confronts the guy at school the next day. He doesn't break into his house and hold a blade to his throat. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Even if he broke in and took the money, it's the whole tying up with the blade to the throat. That's a that's a whole nother level I of stuff. I thought that's why the, the house was filled with Gideon and the other bad guys. He didn't want them, Dutra to wake them up. I, I just thought, thought, I thought was, he. I, I just thought, thought he, he didn't want to wake up the parents. Oh, he didn't care about parents. I thought he was, you know, okay. Uh, well, he tells him it's over. We're even now. But doctor, I have a feeling it's not over by a long shot. Am I right? I mean, you just ruined a really good pair of briefs. I mean, that's. I'm sorry. You know he shit those briefs. I'm sorry, Lauren. This isn't over. I'm gonna need three more pairs of these jockey shorts. Don't grow on trees down here. <laughs> The next morning, Lauren hands over a wad of cash to Uncle Charlie to fix his car. He doesn't ask any questions. He doesn't ask any questions. Oh, boy, it looks like it's going to be a beautiful day. Good Lord, man. What a, what a parent figure. Uh, time to get some of that silk to fall through. <laughs> Worst guardian ever. But as Abby feeds the rabbits and chickens, we see Dutra stalking her from across the street behind some trees. And we know, we know shit's about to go down. Again, his dating style is very similar to my own in high school. <laughs> Love lurking behind Love trees. Lurking behind trees. Bikini get, briefs. Getting getting told no and not really being able to accept it. <laughs> hey, man, kids. In, in a, let me clarify that. In a, she said no to the date, and I was upset. Yes. Sort of. Yes, 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 of course. No means no. No means no. Always does, always will. Over at the bad kid's house, I'm sorry, their hangout. I thought yeah. this was all one place. But at their hangout. The guys have their pit bull up on the rope, trained to fight again. And when Dutra shows up, he ain't happy. He spins the dog around a little bit, slaps around, shoots down. Some of the crews are asking him, you know, we, we need some weed. We have anything weed. We haven't done anything. He does, shoots down the request for weed. And when one dude suggests, you know what, maybe we just leave Santa's Funland alone after all this, Spader slaps the shit out of him and says, you want out? 
Well, you're out. I don't want to see you. I don't want to know you. You see me coming, you go the other way. He's got it out for this family. Um, That's a good point to say, okay, I'm out. They would have just sent the dog to eat. That guy's... Probably. Yeah. Nobody quits Dutra. Well, maybe act like you're still in the gang, and then when you're away from the dog, you yeah, just never show he, up. He, we say that, but small town, where's he going to go? Get on Greyhound? <laughs> and guy's IQ is about 40. So just never show up with the dog. What if he does the reverse? He gets on a Greyhound and goes up to their empty house in, in Virginia or whatever. Got all that leftover Popeye's chicken in the refrigerator? I mean, now I'll be them. I'll take over their lives. Uh, when the sheriff stops by, approving of their pit bull training, by the way. Looking good, boys. Oh, that's a good-looking dog you got there. Looking good. He tells them they can't have any more trouble over the fun land, but you get the inkling that the boys don't necessarily agree. And agree they clearly do not. As Dutra sneaks into the bathroom while Abby is showering that night, we don't get to see her boobs. Sorry, X. And he drops a dead rabbit in the shower with its throat slit. You still think Lauren's the biggest psycho, or he killed a rabbit and threw it in there? Now it's even. Now we're even. Okay. Now we're done. Now, now we're now we're done. Now we're done. Now, now. I was just waiting for her chess game. Abby to go back in the room and like tell Lauren, and now Lauren's over there like sharpening a knife, like Cobra style, like screwing on those explosive warheads on his bow and arrow. Dutra, coming to get you. <laughs> Just following orders, Lauren. Uh, Abby, do we get to win this time? <laughs> so Lauren had one of those Atkins flashback when he's a young kid. Remember your training. <laughs> we do have a flashback here pretty soon. Uh, the next day at school, we find Lauren. Mac McMillan calling Laura. Mac McMillan calling <laughs> Laura. Come in, Lauren. <laughs> She does tell Lauren about the rabbit in the shower. Probably he probably had to get it out of there. No girl's gonna. We know Uncle Charlie didn't. Uncle Charlie's not gonna. <laughs> That's get that a terrible out of here. tragedy. Here's a shovel and a plastic sack. Lauren, there's trash bags down there. For and running. here's some comet. Clean that shower up. I tell you what, actually, we're running low on trash bags. You can take a checkbook, go down to the grocery store, and get some more. <laughs> I could use a now sandwich. from here on, now from here on out, I think Lauren's justified in everything. Even well, as weird as the the knife deal was, once they start fucking with your sister, it's they've been fucking with it. But the dead rabbit in the shower. The next day, we at school we find Lauren, to your point, pummeling the shit out of Gideon and Dutra's crew in the school parking lot. You want to fuck with my sister? Fuck with me. He beats the shit out. Why of Why was the dog in a cage at the high school it parking the, lot? They just take it to school with them, and it's in the back of their truck. It's just uh, a little lovable puppy that happens to be chewing the wire and bending it. Remember, Atkins taught him on that punchy bag, and he's just going to town. Going on to these town dudes. on it, dude. Sometimes else? I bring a pit bull to school tight. You have a problem with it? I mean, look, you saw what I did to Peter Cottontail. If I were you, I'd tread lightly from here on out, all right? <laughs> so he could be wearing that sweet white suit the whole time. He had no blazer in this. He had a shirt very yeah. much like Tut's wearing. Tut wore his Dutra-inspired shirt tonight. I, I love the shirt. It would have worked so much better for me if he had these redneck Casey thugs and he was Steph in the white linen suit and the loafers. <laughs> yes. This was a year before Miami Vice. What? I think Vice came out in 86. Vice came, yeah, that, that, that was, was the fashion that, change. That's what man. started the whole thing. Um, well, anybody else want to fuck with me or my family? Lauren says, and there are no takers because he beat everyone's ass. 
Including Dutra. He's not doing shit. That's it, you understand, he tells Dutra. It's done. And as he says that, all the students gather parking lot. Slow clap. Nobody's ever stood up to these dudes before. And this turns the sheriff's daughter, Karen, on even more. That blonde with the perky boobs. I've seen this shit unfold in real time, boys. When you impress the ladies with a by exerting dominance in front of a crowd, they they can't help themselves. Who was that you saw do that? The poontang just melts around you like a Yankee candle. And not like the big candles. Nobody can afford those. Those little Yankee candles. Oh, I was about to say, not yeah. the ones that like five wicks. Three days to... <laughs> yeah, nobody, nobody can afford them. The little ones. The little ones. Um, and I didn't hear... Doctor's question. I'm sure. Uh, he said, "Who did you Anywho, watch do this?" Lauren. Uh, yeah, it was a good memory. I, I kicked some ass. Lauren is confronted in the showers that day after track practice by one of the bad guys. He walks up to him. Lauren's taking a whiz, and this guy comes up and starts pissing in his urinal. Pissing on him, I think. Well, he starts pissing the urinal, and I think he kind of yeah starts swerving. Like, what the hell, man? First, <laughs> that's weird, right? That's a weird way. To, it's like, very. I'm gonna show this guy who's. <laughs> Oh, it's ballsy. It's ballsy. Well, yeah, you're shoving your balls on him. Personally, I'm Literally like, ballsy. I just don't see why Lauren just didn't knee him in the balls. No, you punch him in the ball. He's right there next yeah. to you. He's pissing right next to Do you. Do something. I mean, not not be like, what's all this? Look, with, with everything that's gone down, dude comes into the urinal next to you, looks at you with that little, <laughs> what's up, dude? You know shit's about to go down. This isn't Lauren's first rodeo. Come on. No, it's Listen, not. Listen, Joe Bob, do me a favor. Lauren's in there. Go and give him a golden shower for me, will you? You got it, Dutra. That would have been awesome if Lauren turned around and started pissing all over him. That'd be a weird movie, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't turn into a pissing match. Thankfully. Thankfully. Uh, Dutra and his crew quickly rush into the bathroom and beat the piss out of our boy Lauren with Gideon getting one last kick in the ribs for good measure because he beat the shit out of Gideon outside they got their one up they did they got their come up and they fucking pissed on the dude yeah they did that's the worst we beat your ass but before we did we pissed on you but now we're back to square one it is not over (laughs) You know, despite a lot of people saying it's over, <laughs> it, 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 that's not working. It's not over. Dude, that'd be funny. Lauren's laying on the ground. Now it's over. No, it's... You don't get to say that. That night, back in their mutual bedroom, Abby tells the wounded and suffering, Lauren's all bandaged up, his ribs are broke, that she called Colonel Jenkins earlier. At the funeral, he had told him, uh, you know, you kids need anything, you call me. He said, you have no Uncle Charlie. Get the hell out of there. <laughs> Where have I, where have I, by the way, where have I seen Jenkins Boy, before? he was familiar. I've uh, seen him in a ton of things. stuff. I, there were two movies I know that I saw him in. Um, one, if you're familiar with the Paul Newman hockey movie, Slapshot. He was one of yeah, the guys yeah, on, the, on the minor Slap, league Slap, hockey thank team. Thank you, thank you. That's where he I He also, uh, he's in uh, The Untouchables with uh, Sean Connery and Kevin Costner. When, when they... Uh, um, I, and that was a movie I was a big fan of. When they go to Canada to try and stop the illegal whiskey absolutely, deal, absolutely. Uh, he's the one that, that, that uh, they, oh. they're kind of punishing. See, I, I thought he was the guy from Fletch who took the tags off his mattresses. No. No. Okay. Um, I actually I actually missed the uh, Untouchables 
deal, but I got the slap shot because I was a huge slap shot fan. Well, Abby uh, says she called him, and she just wanted to talk to somebody who had their shit together, she says. Lori Laughlin's trying hard here to have an emotional moment, finally the way their parents' death's catching up to her, but she can't sell it worth a shit. Colonel Jenkins just bought a new house and got some new puppies. It's so hard to be strong, Lauren. She's, she's wiping away tears that aren't there. Like, she's not crying, but she just does this thing over and over again, and her face is totally dry. Uh, it's inexperienced actor 101 on display. She just can't do anything remotely believable other than wiping these fake tears away. But now Lauren has a flashback to his dad, Tom Atkins, telling him to be strong. Be strong. And he overcomes his injuries. He does some, like, Patrick Swayze Roadhouse, like, Tai Chi stretching. Fuck yes. Man. Does some pull-ups. Yes. And he heals super fast. He's got to get Santa's Wonderland back in action because that is what will hurt Dutra and his crew the most, getting this place back up and running. Can't let the terrorist win, man. So what do we do whenever something like this happens, boys? We get a montage. Montage. We get a montage, words, montage of Lauren rehabilitating himself in action. Lots of yoga, lots of push-ups, interspersed the with... The one-armed push-ups. One-armed push-ups. I was impressed. Interspersed with shots of little kids enjoying the fun park. Again, with no Santa. Uh, Stoltz and Karen... And uh, I love the fact that the the uncle, everybody at Santa's fun park, are not dressed like fun park Santa characters. It's just no. like everybody, every day. Look, it's one of Santa's elves. And it's just Abby in some jeans. <laughs> Tell her your it's, Santa wish. This makes no sense. It's <laughs> Florida, Santa's Wonderland. I'm sorry, the script of this movie reads like a Florida man newspaper headline. Go over to the booth and let Lauren serve you some Santa hot dogs. <laughs> Florida man in Florida. It's just a teenager in Uses Cut child labor to pick up grilling hot dogs. Santa's Wonderland. Oh no, those are elf hot dogs. They're <laughs> magical. Straight from the North Pole. <laughs> Speaking of which, Abby, could you get back there and make some more hot dogs? <laughs> Actually, uh, get the checkbook. Uh, go down to the store and get some more. Get some hot dog. Get buns. some hot dog buns. Um, Stoltz and the sheriff's daughter Karen, the bubbly blonde, are hanging out and laughing with Abby and Lauren. This is their new life, and they're going to make the most of it. God damn it! In fact. They're all going to go to the big high school dance together that night. And Uncle Leach, oh, sorry, Uncle Charlie, uh, tells the couples, hey, have a great time, uh, Lauren and Abby. Oh, he really cares. And tell everybody to get here first in line and save yourself a dollar off to be the first in line for Santa's fun land. And on the way back uh, home, stop and pick me up a new inside air conditioning unit. Uh, well, he just got the new two thousand dollars generator. He just got the new two thousand dollars generator delivered, so he's super excited. Here's my grocery list for next week. That shit is jumping. Uh, speaking of shit that's jumping, you know who is always jumping around, boys? Who's that? Dirty Fabian with Drew State. That dude's always jumping around, energetic, yes. playing music, loving life. And if I'm talking about unconventional Fabian from Drew State, I'm wondering if Fabian's my spirit animal. Could be. He's a Yankees fan. No, he's not. Anyway, is he not? No. Once once you threw out the Yankees fan, I'm. I'm, I'm oh, he is a Yankees fan. He's just not your spirit animal. Yeah. yeah okay. Uh, then you know, I'm t- if I'm talking about unconventional Fabian, you know, I'm talking about unconventional tobacco special cigars. Mm. Brought to you from the folks who created Sweet Jane, La Vieja Obama, and much, much more. Available in your choice of either extra dark Connecticut broadleaf or natural Connecticut shade wrappers, they envelope a Sumatra binder and Nicaraguan Criollo filler leaves. 
Before aging, the cigars are slowly, slowly infused with Nicaraguan <laughs> estate-grown coffee. The smoke is medium to full body, depending on the wrapper you choose. It's rich tobacco flavors commingling. Yak boy, did I use that term correctly? You did. With the unmistakable aroma of coffee and a little bit of sweetness, a perfect early morning smoke or an after-dinner cigar. Mm-hmm. If you don't believe me, then go try one for yourself. I love me some coffee-infused tobacco. Speaking of cigars, yes, uh, I think we're all you're approaching the final third, Doctor. I think everybody's in the final yeah. third. Anything new? How are you liking it? I'm not really getting a lot of transitions. I'm definitely not getting into the hazelnut and the vanilla cocoa bean, and vanilla bean and all that stuff. Maple syrup. I'm not getting any of... Buttercream? Chocolate morsels? I am getting a little bit of more of a sugary presence, I guess you could kind of qualify I'm like a doctor. That. I thought that sugary presence has always kind of been there under the this surface. This has been very consistent. No real transition. You got a little bit of sugar. Some Reese's Pieces. Uh, <laughs> no, it's uh, I got a little bit of the sugar. Rainbow sprinkles. A little bit of vanilla bean. Uh, it hasn't, there's been, hasn't been any really transition. Uh, been consistent throughout. Construction's been nice. The ash is uh, not going to hang on there very long. Yeah, I'm not getting a lot of transitions. I would it's think you would love the cigar, yeah. Good retro. It yeah. is. I do like it. From the appearance of it I to mean, the it, smoke profile, I think this would be right up your alley. I do. Uh, the the sweetness has picked up a little bit, but I mean, it's just a general sweetness. I can't, like you said, can't attribute to anything. Right. It is there under the surface, which right. goes really nice, kind of contrasting with the, the spice in the nose, which I find has picked up in the last third. I get a lot more of the spice in the nose. Uh, it's not a nutmeg spice or no. a, a baking spice. It's just I am getting more of a. I, you're correct. I'm getting more of a presence on the on the through the nose. Uh, that palate is just that nice cedar, cedar leather, leather, and it's it's not it's not moved away from that profile. No chips away. No, <laughs> no, no chips away. Yeah, me neither. No, no Oreos, Baker's soda powder, Grandma's or cookies. No, no, no me neither. Uh-uh. Um, which but we, it's very nice. It is very it nice. It is. And it's kind of like, well, well, you know, maybe we should save that conversation to the end. It's like the marketing pulled me in, which it didn't really. I just wanted to, I finally, out of getting so many, I was like, all right, we'll give one a shot and yeah, we'll see yeah. if anything comes close to what they're advertising here. But, um, you know, if maybe they just put this out without the superfluous descriptives um, but you know I, I wanted buttercream I wanted chocolate morsels I wanted Tootsie Rolls I wanted, I wanted everything <laughs> you want in the cookie okay uh, well let's finish it out and we'll, we'll, we'll talk at the end um, but I, I, I am enjoying it it's a, I am too it's very much yeah well that night at the big dance Lauren is dancing his ass off with Karen and finally Abby showing Eric Stoltz's mark some love on the dance floor. They're having a grand old time. And kudos to their dead dad, Tom Atkins, for preparing these kiddos to deal with all this heavy shit. They're, they're having fun at the dance. Yeah, they're not traumatized by the beat down. Dead rabbits. Dead rabbits. Uh, Lauren Gain is fucking pissed on and kicked the shit out a couple days ago. Not Spader's hair and shirts. They're not touch shirt. Nothing is phasing these people. I'm going to have therapy just from looking at that shirt all night. I feel kind of bad. I feel like Mincy needs to be wearing the shirt with that Spader voice. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to order several options. Yeah, we got to do more Spader movies. Uh, any objections? No. no. Uh, meanwhile, um, well, they're... <laughs> 
just looking at these kids, you know, with the, with this military background, with Tom Atkins, their dad, they're just, like we said, they're dealing with everything. And I'm buying my kids silly putty and hoping for the best. <laughs> uh, military kids are resilient. Yep. Despite all the drama going on, Abby's living it up as she should be. She ain't going to let a couple backwoods bitches damper her good time. When Dutra shows up with his sunglasses on at night, wearing touch shirt... Of course. We all know those good times ain't going to last. Am I right, fellas? And we are, in fact, right. Oh, we are right. There was a glare from the strobe lights. You got a problem with the Wayfarers, Kate? I really don't see what the fucking big deal is. You bought them with weed money. That's what I have a problem with. Teenagers selling drugs. I got a big problem with that, doctor. Johnny, come lately. <laughs> a new kid in town. But will she still obviously. love you when you're not around? Um, well, just obviously pissed Everybody's off. Talking I mean, he's about got six kilos of uncut Nicaraguan <laughs> back at the house. He's <laughs> got to take care of that. As the backwoods bitches shove Stoltz over by bending down behind him on the dance floor. Oldest trick in the book. One of them gets down on four, and they shove him oh over the Oh, my God. Side. It was three stooges. Hey, did you sell those three kilos of Coke to the Colombians? I did. All right, next up, you crouch down behind Mark the Nerd, and we're going to push him over. You got it. You got it, dude. It's crazy. It's the oldest trick in the book. Well, they start groping Abby on the dance floor. She tells you animals, leave me alone. And all this adrenaline actually drives her to dance even closer to Mark. I guess she maybe gets turned on a little bit by the... For her, the action is the juice. It's Tom Sizemore style. Uh, she starts grinding up on, on Mark. He's all for it. He's like, yeah, I just got shoved down on a dance in front of everybody. But, hey, she's into me. So he starts right. gets back into it. He might be a redheaded putz, but he ain't one of these assholes. So it'll do enough for Abby. Uh, Maybe a little light bulb goes off. Wait, why, did, why, did, why don't you say bad things to her? <laughs> more. Do more of that. <laughs> you guys want to push me over again? Uh, Wait, when did Jason Garrett show up in the movie? <laughs> oh, the redhead bloods with Stoltz. <laughs> We're on dance. Stoltz is over We're there. Hey, think hey, about dancing. Dude, kill this rabbit. <laughs> Throw it at her. We've been working on our dance moves. We're getting better as a dance team every week. If those guys put a turd <laughs> in the punch bowl, I might be getting laid tonight. You know, I'm gonna, gonna shit in the punch bowl. <laughs> we're gonna take what we learned from this dance and we're gonna apply it to dancing. Dude, Mark squats over the punch bowl to drop a turd, and Lauren puts a knife to his throat. It's over, Mark. It's over, Mark. You're not getting laid tonight. Abby's all no, Lauren, not again. <laughs> Abby does make a rare miscalculation. She's been pretty smart at this point. But she thinks she can just leave Mark in the safety of the crowd to run to the restroom and How brush. Not go alone and brush her hair. And the minute she exits the bathroom, she's surrounded by Dutra and his boys. Jeez, and it's Doctor, creepy. You said too. earlier, no means no. These guys do not know the meaning. No, they know. And then you get a feeling they hear it a lot. They just don't know what I, it, I don't they, know who would say yes to them. They just don't know. You never see any other girls hanging on these guys. They've learned. Their only constant companion is pit bulls. They've learned. They stay away. Well, my question here is, like, you know, obviously they're going to school, but they don't really go to school. You so, think Dutra's in there taking a geometry test? <laughs> Why haven't we kicked this guy out? He's 25 <laughs> years old. I mean, I'm just... hes I think the teachers are a lot like the, the sheriff and stuff. They just... We don't want to cause any trouble. Dutra, no, you they, study for your test? I am, and uh, planning on going to Harvard. 
Don't really need a high school diploma. I've got that sweet van. We'll and take my van up shit there. in the punch bowl. You know, usually that's a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I just did it, tried my little spader. I know this was so bad. I'm not going to do, do it again. I want to do it so bad, but it's like trying to paint a Picasso when Picasso's sitting next to that's you. It's true. You're wow, just, you're, thank you, Todd. You're, we're doing coloring books over here. Exactly. Well, the gang grabs Abby and they take her out to Jutra's <laughs> van. And they drive out to a clearing where they toss her around a little bit. A coke-snorting Dutra decides to douse Abby in lighter fluid as they hold her down all over her legs and her face. Shit's getting pretty fucking intense. And this is where it starts to diverge from my normal teenage cortic style. Well, I would hope so. (laughs) Uh, The big hillbilly Gordo, he actually, as they hold her down, he's already got his pants down. He's going to rape her. Uh, But here's the thing. She's covering lighter fluid. They keep lighting matches and holding it up to her face to taunt her with it. And she just keeps blowing them out. Like five of these things. What do you think of this, bitch? And do you see his just face? Just Not again. No, not again. Running out of matches, but I can't quit taunting her with them. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. There, there's you two, blow this match out. I don't have that many left. There's two things that I thought about this scene. One, the constant blowing of the match out and the constant look on the dude's face they're like, not, I've been fooled again. <laughs> they're not that bright. Oh they my god, I was laughing. Are you seeing Gideon and scraping two rocks together? <laughs> on that, Where are the matches? On that point... We set this bitch on fire. <laughs> on that point, I was laughing. I thought it was very well done. Why don't you try rubbing two sticks together, Gid? And I was actually, I was actually thinking about this, that Jesus I was kind of... tie a key to a kite and pray for a light for Christ's sake. <laughs> Gordo's got a guy. <laughs> I was glad that this scene was shot like in the early 80s because if this scene was shot now, it would have probably been a full rape scene. And I just, I didn't want to see that. Not in this movie. Oh, you're never going to see that in 85. Yeah. And I, I was, I, I actually found myself thankful for that. Because I, I do believe that if this was like a 2019 Netflix movie, they might have gone there. Yeah. And then you'd have Lori Laughlin doing this. They raped me. So well, sad. I'm so sad about that. Stop what I'm what was Lori what I was going for. I know Abby, but you know you don't have tear ducts. <laughs> Mac McWilliams removed our tear ducts as children. <laughs> uh, no, but I, well, I agree. I'm glad... I'm glad they didn't go there. They probably would have nowadays. It was actually pretty intense for that. But I also just thought it was such an. an, I I know this wasn't intentional on the screenwriter's point, but just to show how dumb these fucking hicks are, (laughs) they just keep putting these matches up to her face. I just, I was, I was dying. I thought that was a great. I thought that was a great. She's blowing them out. Light another one. Uh, well, Abby... Damn it, Dutra. We're on our last match. Abby finally realizes, you know what? I think I can try to maybe deal with these dudes. So she jumps up, kicks them all in the balls. Gideon gets up. She hits him over the head with a rock, and she sprints away. Dutra tells his crew they're going a-hunting, and they all get in the van and chase after her. Lauren, back at the dance, realizes something's amiss, and he tells Karen, call her sheriff dad, and has him go to the fun house. Uh, the fun land as he commandeers her station wagon to go find his sister Abby somehow found her way through the swamps and the woods of a place she's <laughs> never been before and she makes her way back to Santa's fun land where Dutra is waiting for her he knew she'd come back here so he immediately slaps slaps her in the face and she sees that his boys they've been there for a while they, they got that band 
they've hogtied Uncle Charlie and they're pouring blood down his mouth. A big bowl of blood. They coat Charlie all over with animal blood as their pit bull goes crazy on a leash nearby. Yeah, they've trained their pit bull to go after blood. They tell Uncle Charlie their dog will eat him down to his bones. Doctor, if a pit bull theoretically chewed you down to your bones, could you bounce back from that? My God, Kate, I can't imagine such a terrible ending in the... Be one of the worst deaths you could have, right? It's a horrible, horrible death to be gnawed on by a pit bull or some amorphous, sexless blob of a beast running through the midnight streets of a small Texas town. Florida town. Florida town, of course. It sounds terrible. Just tearing things to pieces. Do you think Uncle Charlie would ever be able to operate Santa's Funland again? Well, he hadn't really been doing much of it to begin with, so... But... It would give him a nice excuse. Kids, I've been eaten by a dog. I'm going to need y'all to do all the manual labor. <laughs> it's just a skeleton with his head. No, yeah, no organs. Just a little skeleton body. Uh, you're going to have to cook the hot dogs tonight, Faye. Wait, was it a uh, the second Crank movie, Crank High Voltage with Statham, where like the kingpin is kept alive? He's got that head, that char. It's <laughs> <Stunkle> Uncle Charlie. <laughs> uh, well, then, just as Dutra is smearing with his bloody hands from this bowl... Abby's panties and her thighs uh, with his bloody hands. Uncle Charlie fight finally fights back, and in doing so, the bull of blood tilts over and pours all over the fat redneck Gordo. I was waiting for Uncle Charlie really to say, "Wait, take out that checkbook first. <laughs> Don't get blood on it." No, uh, I was actually cheering for Charlie. Now it, the bull goes all over Gordo, covering him with blood, which causes the pit bull to go nuts. It rips free of its leash. Pounces on him, ripping old Gordo to shreds. Dutra picks up a shotgun and blasts Uncle Charlie with it. Now these kids, these aren't just bad kids. These are murderers. They're murderers. Uh, shoots him during the struggle. And then he turns and he blasts the pit bull. Once uh, it's pretty clear he tore the big guy's jugular to pieces. Once they get a taste for human blood, man. Yeah, it's, no, it's over. During the mayhem, Abby runs off and Dutra barks that they have to kill that cunt. As all his crew starts running around Santa's Funlands with shotguns. I don't know why they're running around. I mean, Santa's Funland wasn't that big, big to begin with. <laughs> no, it really wasn't. It was like maybe a half acre. Uh, but yeah. Run around the merry-go-round because it's just, it's hey, all man, right here. Now that you've killed one dude, you kind of have to kill everybody. Yeah. You once really you, once you've gone over that line. Do you think the sheriff's going to show up there the next day and do tread all them? There's a couple of handsome individuals. Uh, <laughs> real sexy motherfuckers. Real sexy motherfuckers. We didn't see nothing. All right, boys. The night's gone tits up. Load your <laughs> shotguns. Oh, they, they're ready. And, they, and the crew doesn't fight at all. They, let's do this. Lauren shows up on the scene in that station wagon. He starts kicking douchebag ass and taking names. Abby actually kicks one of their asses in the house of mirrors. This dude follows her in there, and she tricks him, and then she goes and wisely hides in a bumper car to recuperate. Yeah, before she does that, she body tackles him through a window. Uh, Good job. She can take care of herself. Lauren sabotages the Ferris wheel. uh, (laughs) Dutra sent this one dude up in a Ferris wheel. Get up to the top where you can see him. Uh, All right, you got it. So he's going up this Ferris wheel all slow. Uh, Lauren climbs up there and sabotages it so it spills over when he gets to the top. That takes care of another dude. It sends him soaring down to his death. Because uh, Dutra's now turned on that new generator. The whole place has bright power. Which I like because we can see everything now. It's not in the darkness. 
Um, Take I, that, Game of Thrones. From what I understand, the latest episode of Game of Thrones could have benefited from a, a generator being turned on. Uh, Millions of dollars. Lauren also electrocutes a dude. And he's not taking any prisoners. And then he jumps on Gideon and fist fights him until he's finally able to hold Gideon's head down on the roller coaster tracks until the ride zips by and chops his fucking head off. Man, Lauren's killed like four dudes in like four minutes. Lauren ain't playing. Lauren's a psycho. <laughs> yeah, he kind of is. <laughs> <laughs> he's licking it. Uh, you see him get up and as opposed to he's just putting the blood on now. <laughs> just waiting. Abby slams a 2x4 over Dutra, sending him flying off a tall tower, but he's okay somehow, so he gets up and starts blasting the shotgun at Lauren. Then he knocks Abby over. They've kind of gone out to the convenience store area now. He grabs the gas pump, uh, Butcher does, lights it, takes out the gas pump, and uses a flamethrower, shooting it around. Point break style. Talk about all in. The minute you go flamethrower... It's, you can't go You're back. not going back. You're not going back from flamethrower. Uh, suddenly, Lauren, though, comes out of nowhere. They get into a fight at the gas pump. He manages, after a brief struggle, to get a hold of the flamethrower. He sets Dutra's ass on fire, and they just watch as James Spader burns to a crisp. Or the obvious stunt double that it had even, no, no body shape. Even no, though. it was just a mannequin. <laughs> it, was just, it was just this kind of, kind of person-formed burning. Uh... We then cut to a week or so later, maybe. It doesn't really say. Uncle Charlie has spin. He's alive. Yay! And he's spin this local tragedy into huge profits as he announces, The bloodbath at Funland is over. <laughs> We're open for business. He's got a cane now. He got shot in the chest with a shotgun, but he's got a cane. Need a cane. Uh, but otherwise, he's okay. And the crowds... Are, there's legitimate Come crowds. See They're where pouring this in. Glad that happened. See where these dope crazed vandals paid the ultimate price. <laughs> and all I can say is that's Florida. <laughs> totally, everything about this is totally Florida. Even though they talk like Louisiana, it's totally Florida. It's Florida. Lauren, Abby, and Aunt Faye are all on board for this cash-making cow as the crowds pour in. Do you have any idea how much money we're going to make? Uncle Charlie asked Lauren. I don't either. I bet it's a bundle, though. In fact. Aunt Faye tells Charlie they cleared twenty three hundred this week alone, and that's on top of the two grand. Get this, they paid Lauren and Abby back. Oh yeah, so I guess they're not that bad after. Would have been funny if you'd seen Charlie wince at that. Oh, <laughs> Faye, we should have talked first. Uh, <laughs> you dumb bitch. <laughs> he gets all Dutra on her. <laughs> he gets to- My name's Charlie. Actually, nicely, I paid them you. back. <laughs> Um, it also turns out that Colonel Jenkins heard about all this crazy shit going down there, and he wants Lauren and Abby to come live with him. Can't imagine why. Hey, I heard you got pissed on and you killed six people, and uh, Abby, you got a rabbit, a slit thrown it's rabbit. Probably thrown not on you. the place for you to grow up. Maybe you guys could. Colonel tell- Jenkins has just opened a Funland Park. He needs <laughs> some help. <laughs> By the way, I've uh, opened up a miniature golf course. I need some help on it. God, these kids. Here, you two kids are good at painting and living in shacks. Look at Charlie. I franchise. You got you got uh, old Mac Mac Williams checkbook. Uh, bring that with you. Just be safe. Um, but the kids say. Or Lauren says, and Abby just follows his lead. No, we're at home here. We want to stay. Are you? It's been nothing but... You just had to kill, like, five people. It's been nothing but terrible stuff here. 
Um, yeah, but he does have that one girl with the perky boobs. Yeah, Lauren. Yeah. yeah. What do you get nudity in this movie? From the director of Friday Thirteenth and Spring Break, I was kind of thinking. All right, not Lori Laughlin, but the blonde sheriff's daughter, maybe. We got Spader in those bikini briefs. I guess we'll have to be happy with that. <laughs> That's what we're happy with. That's what we're settling for. Beggars can't be choosers, Tut. I'm sorry, Tut. Nobody ever settles for me in my bikini briefs. That's not something you settle for. My Spader sound a lot like my Dylan McKay. <laughs> Oh, you say we go shoot some trap? Are we going to have a fucking problem here or what? As brother and sister take Uncle Charlie's Cadillac into town, he says he's going to buy him a Maserati with all this money. How about save up for your retirement? You're incredibly old. How about putting just a little bit for a rainy day? No, no, Uncle Charlie's old school. He knows that his heart's just going to fucking explode <laughs> one day, and he's done. I've ate nothing but burgers and franks for 20 years. Give me a Maserati. <laughs> okay. As everyone's happy, we pan over and zoom in on Dutra's little brother. He had had a small scene earlier in the film. That, I think it was Gideon's brother, wasn't it? It's Dutra's little brother. Okay. Uh, that they were... Gave him a hard time at the when they were training pit bulls and stuff. But he's standing outside Santa's Funland with a mean scowl on his face. This ain't over. It's not done. But it is, the end. Because yeah. it probably and, didn't make much money. Uh, to go on that point, Doctor, total box office gross was somewhere around $199,000. Oh, my God. So naturally, the New Kids Part 2 was not going to happen. <laughs> what was the budget of the film? had to be... I would think they lost money on this thing. Uh, Dutra's little brother would never get his revenge. Uh, but that's classic Sean S. Cunningham going over to that little kid. and yeah. That's the end of every Friday 13th. There's always a little something to give you a, a glimpse into the into the future. I mean, Into the franchise future. Mm-hmm. Oh, but there's not going to be a franchise future. New ki- The New Kids Part 7. <laughs> the newer kids. A new Dutra. Johnny, come lately. <laughs> I like New this movie. New Kids Pod Seven. I had fun with this movie. I thought it was a lot of fun. I actually did too. It's a fun movie. It was entertaining. Um, I'll say this: unlike some other movies from the '80s, and I'll use two from different genres. This was. Uh, would you agree? This is a thriller. Yeah. Horror elements. Yeah, for the most part, though, I mean, this is an old school thriller. Yeah. I would say that uh, there there are a couple of 80s movies that fell through the cracks, and I had a real hard time understanding how. Um, one was one of the earliest uh, Tuesday Night Cigar Club shows uh, from the comedy genre was Up the Creek. Um, it wasn't until Yax introduced us to that movie. About, how did we miss it? About 10 years ago, where I thought, how did how how have, like... How did this never come up in a conversation before? How did I not know about this? We've done a lot of those over the last couple of years. From a horror, from a horror standpoint, the first My Bloody Valentine. Yeah. Uh, I remember when I saw the sequel, and I was like, "Oh yeah, there was an original." And I went and watched it. Both of us went and watched it. And we're yeah. like, "How how have we not been enjoying this movie forever?" I can actually. Well, this is an entertaining movie. 
I could actually see how... Well, it made no money, so there was probably no real video push afterwards. No push, no marketing. Uh, I mean, if there was, there wasn't a uh, guy in a mask that would have caught our attention. I can kind of see how this one slipped through the cracks yeah. and that yeah. I didn't know about it. Yeah. Um, it, it is fun. Uh, there, there's, there's an uneven weirdness to it. Um, maybe it is because of the acting. I didn't really put that together. I just thought that the character of Lauren was so... Uh, you really had I see, I never picked up on that psycho vibe from Lauren. I thought he was I thought he was batshit. I thought he was I thought he's one step away from becoming a Dutra himself. <laughs> I, I I didn't. Maybe he'll be the new Dutra. Uh, Spader was great. Um, I still think it would have been better if he played it as Steph rather than doing the Southern accent. But he puts but, that wig on. He goes for it. The guys the guys are real good. Is that good a wig actor. or I think it was just bleached? Probably just, I think bleached, it was just bleached. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the guy's a real good actor. Um, he was entertaining. the The rest of the crew, though, like we mentioned earlier, just from terrible. the beginning, they were they were just not. Spader is menacing. They, they were filler. Yeah, they, Spader they were, was menacing. They're they were not. His, they were his goofball sidekicks. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. It was a weird dynamic. You have you have this crew where nine out of ten of them are just goofballs, and nothing remotely scary about them. But they're led by a yeah, a guy who pretty much pulls off the the small town psycho pretty good. Makes sense. He's going to have some some you know half wit followers. Yeah, sure. Uh, and I think that the quarter, half, quarter the, wit, the yeah. comedic presence of them kind of you know steered it away from true horror and got it more into the thriller part. Yeah, I, know, I wouldn't put this anywhere near horror. Um, I just a good old a good old cheap low budget thriller. Yeah, you make uh, a good point about the acting. Of the kids, because I think what they what the idea was the whether it's in the writing direction whatever the idea was they're going to be so likable they're good kids they came from an awesome family uh, Tom Atkins is their dad he's toughened them up they're not they're not they're not Daniel Larusso type pussies who show up and get the crap beat out of them yeah. they're going to stand up for themselves but you know and even you know she's not nothing about her is mean or nasty. When she's turning down Dutra or, or Gideon for the first time, oh, she's very polite. She's trying to be politely turn them away. They're she's so cute. You imagine all the new yeah. towns she goes to, she probably gets hit on. They're not, supposed to be not this sadistically, right? But. They're supposed to be just like the likable, great, you know, good kids. But there was something lacking in the acting presence to, the, the, to and, make you, know you buy into what they're and trying I, to do. You know. Lauren, the guy who played Lauren, wasn't bad. I was kind of surprised to see he gave it up after this because he carried a pretty lead role with, you know, um, he did okay. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't bad at all. Um, I mean, he wasn't terrible. He wasn't terrible. He looked a lot like the actor Richard Jordan, at least when he was younger. Um, Probably a role from when he was younger was he was Michael York's buddy in Logan's Run. Anyone familiar with that Yeah. Yeah, he did. He, the other, he did the other have Sandman. that look. He kind of oh, yeah. he did he have that look. looked a lot guy. like that guy. Um, he had a good look, and he, and he did okay. Um, but man, I mean, Laughlin just could. She could smile, and she could be scared. But that's well, about, let's, that's, let's that's, face that's, it. That's she was it. beautiful, and that's what. But you know what? I started thinking about it. I watched Full House when I was you know growing up and stuff, and I don't know if she's ever gotten any better. Maybe. Maybe this Hallmark movie, she does some stuff. But Not really. She I think her main thing is just she's gorgeous. Yeah. Which is okay. We need those people, too. Yeah. I hope so, or else why am I here? Mostly been a TV actress, too, so... 
You don't sell the steak till you sell the sizzle. Only when you don't have steak to sell. She kind of gravitated. Do we have steak to sell? From after <laughs> after Full House, she kind of gravitated into a couple of different series of even before the 90210 reboot. She kind of gravitated into. Oh, I forgot she was in that. Well, cause her and Estes were only in it that first season. That's true, though. I totally forgot she was in that. She was in some other show that was on the CW a few years before that. She kind of gravitated Dixon, towards the hot mom. Dixon's mom. Yeah. The hot mom. Can you imagine being adopted and that's your adopted mom? That's a new movie, The Horny Kids. Good looking woman, Aunt Becky. The wrong stepmom. The wrong stepmom. Jeez. <laughs> Here's your new family. Oh, this is going to cause problems. <laughs> <laughs> well, come over and give me a hug. I'll be there in a minute. <laughs> I'm just a scared orphan. Give me a couple minutes. I'll be there in a sec. Uh, you probably make uh, friends with the teenage boy who lived next door. There's Steph mowing the yard in a linen suit. <laughs> Listen, kid, I've got a serious boner for your mom. Don't get in the fucking way, all right? <laughs> Look, that's my new mo- orphan mom. And I'm going to take care of you in a minute. Just give me a minute. I'll stand up in a second. I can see you've got a raging erection. It's all right. So does everybody else on the block. She is something. Here's five bucks. Go hump a loaf of Wonder Bread. <laughs> All right, so we've got to find some more James Spader movies. I think we all agree on that. Yes. Uh, let's uh, recap. So, uh, I'm going to give the movie a thumbs up. Yes. I'll give it a thumbs up. Four thumbs up? Yeah. Wasn't a bad yeah, movie at all. I, more thumbs up than halfway. You can do a half if you want. We no, done no, I would not three do quarters, half. I'd three, three quarters. quarter thumbs on this one. Three and three quarters. Yeah. Three thumbs up and then one three quarter. I'll take it. Uh, the beer... Not a lot of uh, complexity there, but no. um, a, a nice, a nice little milk stout. stout. Can't go wrong I with it. I see a lot of purple cans all over this table. Yeah, um, it's good. It was good. It paired really well with the cigar. Let's talk about the cigar a little bit. Uh, we all got some sweetness. At least uh, Doctor and I, uh, a fairly steady sweetness. At least through the first two thirds. Um, Leather and cedar ruled the the draw for the majority of the cigar. Um, I got a little saltiness and a little cream in the middle part. Not you guys so much. Um, so it really didn't uh, capture the milk and cookies. Unless no. your grandma was making you leather cookies. <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah. I appear to be the one in four that uh, especially... Really, kind of had to give up on it in the final third. It began to have some some construction issues, but okay. one out of four. Uh, yeah, I saw I saw you did have a little bit with the wrapper. So there. Uh, that, uh, but that I seem to be the only one. I just put it consistent throughout. Uh, none of those transitions that we talked about. Uh, there was a light spice there in the middle, but otherwise that light sweetness stuck there. Okay. Really loved the aroma. Just uh, the construction. The aroma it, was really construction nice. started to wane a tad towards the final in the final third. Okay. Uh, price point? I'm going to go to Tut first. Okay, limited edition. They only made 555 of these. Sold out in an hour. 
That that makes it more difficult for me because you start you're trying to judge the cigar on its merits, but then when you realize that probably is going to yeah. raise the price point more. Well, that's than, why I tell you not not necessarily yeah. to make say the cigars any better or worse, but just where they're coming in with their price. You try, point. you try to think what would I pay for the Stogie, but then you realize you're paying more for it because of that. And what you have to realize too is and in, that sweet little ribbon in the <laughs> in the world of cigars, limited runs do. People go crazy for them. People yeah. want to get some hoard them, try to sell them for twice as much on the on, right. in the you know on in the aftermarket. You guys are better at this than me, so uh, if you don't mind, I'll go first, and you can. I'm gonna say fifteen. Okay. It is it, dude. I've been smoking it for almost two hours, so it it's, it has lasted quite a while. I'm going to go with 13.5. I was going to say 11. Huh? I'm going to go... Just Don't you already know it? Pick a point on the board here. I'm going to go 11.99. 11.99? It is... Check my notes. 11.99. That's actually probably what I would call... That's not a bad price I, for this I one. would actually say that would be the real value, that you throw in the limited edition, and that's probably a, a bargain of the limited edition at that. It's not a bad price. It's not a bad... No, it's actually a pretty good price. Yeah. Two-hour smoke, go give or take. Two-hour um, smoke for that. For that. Can, uh, other than Doctor, we all had... Jack, you had good construction. Oh, yeah. Mine got, no. is getting a little hot, but, I mean, I'm down to the last fucking inch and a half here. Um... It's not giving me anything I haven't had before. Leather cedar, I've had a million times. Nice spice on the nose. Uh, I did like that saltiness and creaminess that kind of crept in in the middle part. Um, it's a good cigar. I will say that. I'm trying to balance that critique with what I was told. I know. I would experience. If you're judging it off of I didn't get what anything. the marketing was, fuck you. So my question is, why... Why talk about brown sugar and butter and cedar? Well, cedar wood. We did get cedar. Cinnamon buns? No, cinnamon burn. I'm sorry. Dark chocolate and walnuts. And I and now, now get the, don't get me wrong. I read a lot of reviews after we've done a cigar on the show. I'll, if someone reviews it and it comes across my feed, I'll read it to see if we, they came anywhere close to us. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's rolled up leaves. Everyone's palate's different. Everyone's right. It's a subjective experience. But you know, caramel, cocoa. Oh, that was a pretty crazy read. Maple there. sweetness. Uh, you know, vanilla bean, buttercream. Cho- didn't get the chocolate notes. I did not get the bourbon, vanilla, and the really coffee sounds to at me all. Like this person was just standing in line at like a cupcake place and like reading all. <laughs> oh, that sounds good. We put that. Yeah, with the cigar. Hey, they had a formula. They have a formula. They go to it constantly. It's a it's a very unique way to sell boutique cigars. You have a, a mail order. You got an email base. You send out the email. You say, hey, we got 600 of these things. Here's what you're going to get. They're going to sell out quick. And boy, they do. I've had a few of their core cigars, and they're they're good cigars. They're, they're fine. Um, but it's... Yeah, we did not smoke a cookie tonight. No. That would have been interesting had we 
smoked a cookie. Well, I mean, how cool, would, how cool would it be if I pulled out a plate of cookies right now? But you say, you, you know, you let off with that. Why do you market it like that? Well, because you bought it. I bought it. And I've been wanting to do one of these just to have the discussion about this. It's a very unique form of selling cigars that we haven't done on the show before. You know, we've bought them in brick and mortar shops. We've got them online. We've done stuff. This those is, ribbons. This place, you know, it had a it, packaging. Uh, the five pack came in like a little white wrap thing with a big one of these ribbons around it, I think. Um, and then each cigar had a cute little, you know, brown and, and white ribbon around it. Like I said, their other stuff has a lot more, like, you know, nunch, uh, brass knuckles stuck to it and um, all sorts of crazy Just stuff. I feeling that someone was like, what are we going to do with all this ribbon? This isn't what we ordered. <laughs> hey, I've got an idea. The wife was at baby shower last week. Came Lauren would have strangled three people with that ribbon. <laughs> now you're Lauren. <laughs> it's over, Todd. It's over. It's not over. Um, but... Would have been interesting if it would have been if it bandages would, off. If it would have been fifteen or thirteen, I may have been like, man, you you, you found a pallet full of five hundred cigars. You came up with a great spin on little it, market gimmick, and you put a little ribbon on it. And kudos to you. The fact that it was eleven ninety nine that that wins some favor with me. That's a decent price. Yeah. No, it actually um, is. That's a legit price for this cigar. It's a Toro. I mean, it's it's a, it's a, a decent slow smoking Toro with good construction. So. I'm going to call bullshit on the marketing, which we kind of, anybody reading that is going to know. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I'm going to give the cigar a thumbs up. Yeah. I will, too. I will, too. I actually, yeah, I'm scoring this pretty high, actually. So. Okay. Uh, well, this was fun, boys. Uh, glad we did the New Kids, episode 95. We're going to do another quick one next week. Um, quick turnaround. And then, uh, man... After that, 96, what does that give us to 100? 97, 98, nine. four more episodes to 100? Yeah. Shit. And then we're done. We retire? We're Are die. We? <laughs> we're done. 100 episodes. We gave it a good run. When I was growing up, my granddaddy said, you ever do a podcast, you at least make it to 100 and then... So we're going to do 100. We're not literally planning on stopping. Nah, we won't stop. We'll keep going. You guys want to keep going? Sure. You sounded so disappointing there. Nah, nah we're not we'll keep going. You guys, he didn't answer. You want to keep going, Tut? Got to see how 96 through 99 hey, play out. Hey, we have more cigars. Do I have to start lighting matches? <laughs> Squirt Tut's genitals with lighter fluid. Wait, no, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. That's episode 100. <laughs> Sounds to me like a Family Squares cartoon. <laughs> Shit, where's my pen? Uh, yeah, this was fun. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to do a, a, a Miami-themed episode next week with our special guest, Willie Herrera of Drew Estate. He's going to be joining us uh, on these Skypes. And then, uh, man, I'm going to have fun planning those last few episodes because I, I want to get in certain things before 100. After 100, who knows where we're going? Who knows what we'll do? But the next, I, I promise you guys, the march to 100 is going to be fun. We're going to have fun. I will definitely be here for 100. Oh, yeah. Hopefully one in between, too. But <laughs> Yes. Uh, you'll definitely be there for 100, especially for the cigar. Trust me. Okay. Well, uh, we'll see you guys next time. Oh, Tut Links. Sorry. 
Okay, so if you're going to do some uh, Mother's Day shopping, I don't know, maybe Mother's Day. This will come out after Mother's Day. All right, so maybe you've done. You some buy your mom some cigars. <laughs> so maybe you've done some Mother's. Yeah, I can't do it though. I, I tried to do it. So anyway, if you're going to do some shopping, go to uh, Tuesday Night Cigar Club. Click on the Amazon link and do your shopping from there. We get a little kickback. Helps us keep the lights on. Uh, otherwise, you can join us on Instagram, TNCC underscore podcast. Hit us up on the Facebooks, Tuesday Night Cigar Club. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, Tuesday Night Cigar Club. Uh, did I forget anything? Twitter at TNCC cast. Spader, did you forget anything? Well, sounds to me like I mean he put the shirt on he did a pretty solid job I agree well Spader was wrong because I did forget something if you're going to buy some cigars well, go to the Tuesday well, Night Cigar hold on Club a second hit there, the uh, uh, <laughs> cool your nips I'll, s- <laughs> I'll say when I'm wrong alright you just read the fucking lines If you're going to buy some cigars, go to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club. Click on the Famous Smoke Shop banner and then enter the promo code TNCC20 for any of your orders that are over $100 and you will get $20 off. That is a damn good promo code. I'm not here for your fucking entertainment. (laughs) See these two dudes fight after the show. I know. Some tells me you'll end up wearing that shirt. (laughs) And nothing else. And nothing else. (laughs) Well, maybe, maybe Yak Boy's bikini briefs. Either way, I'm, I'm happy. Uh, good, good stuff. Uh, okay, well, we'll see you next time. May the wings of liberty never lose a feather. Sayonara, motherfuckers. See you next time. To learn more about the time I took a shower with Tom Atkins' mustache... Mm-hmm. No, no, that never happened, damn it. And yes, editor-in-chief of Penthouse 4 magazine, I'll stop submitting weekly letters detailing such a highly improbable but nevertheless super steamy sexcapade one of these days. But not today. Where's my pen? <clears throat> Dear Penthouse Forum... I never thought this would happen to me, but as I put pen to paper, I can still feel his bushy... Uh... In the meantime, to learn more about the cigars and libations enjoyed on tonight's episode, you can visit EzraZionStore.com and LeftHandBrewing.com. Tom Atkins rocks. For more on O'Brien's Irish Pub, the live music leader in Central Texas, please visit O'BrienStemple.com and download their free smartphone app, where you'll find full beer listings including over 40 on tap, menu information, and a calendar of upcoming live events. To listen and purchase music heard on tonight's program, check out www.fritzbeermusic.com. Thank you for listening to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club podcast. This is Keith A. Howell saying, until next time, friends, unless we see you sooner at the pub. So keep it smoky, and for God's sake, keep it ballsy as well. Get up, go to work, get drunk, go to sleep, I get up.